Welcome back, everyone, to episode 69 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. Kelsey, Chris, welcome. Good to see you both. Very good. I'm excited to talk again. It's been a, yeah, it's been a rough no, it's, week. Just nice to decompress with you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, these times they they can be rough, and uh, with uh, all sorts of things going down and uh, work and personal life, this is always a a shining beacon to look forward to for me as well. Okay. So, and I've uh, I've told myself I'm going to be very mature and make no puns about this episode number whatsoever. <laughs> He's uh, going to do all the Arnold six, nine. puns from Batman and Robin instead. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody chill. I, uh, I, I'd say there's a joke from Batman Forever that I say, or a pun rather, that I use all the time. And I don't think anyone ever gets it. But whenever... Uh, like my wife like asked me like you know we're having company over and like we got to get like some drinks together whatever anytime a cooler is mentioned i always say in my awful schwarzenegger voice you're not going to put me in the cooler and i really don't think anyone ever gets that it's from that awful movie but i still say it every I just time need to correct you because you said that meant forever that's batman and robin i'm sorry you're right yeah, yeah, yeah. it was not forever uh, p.s kids the cooler is a slang for jail <laughs> <laughs> jail yeah <laughs> so um so yeah so wanted to uh take a moment to thank our new patreons um we've got silver 80 zofar 53 and wempster uh all joining the army that's awesome yeah. you guys great to have you in the discord yeah we chatted them up quite a bit this week it was really really awesome places bumping a little bit now it's actually people to yeah. talk to Great. Yeah, it's it's uh used to be some wallflowers, and now we got like a little little bit of a crowd forming, which is great. Um, so uh, uh, if anyone wants to uh, join up, uh, join the Patreon. Um, you can jump in the Discord, chat with us. You can ask questions that we can answer on the show. And the Batman Book Club is finally a reality. It's starting. <laughs> it's happening. It's live. Um, so we're starting with uh, uh, Nightfall. Uh, this week, which uh, is the first appearance of Bane uh, in the Vengeance of Bane uh, comic. Um, so that's available uh, in Nightfall Volume 1. If you wanted to grab the graphic novel off Amazon or, or your local comic shop, it's about $20. Um, there's also uh, um, online um, subscription comic services like Comixology, DC Universe, oh, uh, All libraries Access. libraries carry these kind of things too now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and a lot of places, um, uh, a lot of comic sh- uh, shops I've been to, they they usually specialize in. F- uh, they'll have, have like a little section of first appearances. Um, my buddy Chris, who used to oh, uh, do smart. Retro World I don't Expo think I've with, seen that. That's a cool idea. Oh, oh yeah. Like I went to, um, I was at a, a flea market, um, like a gaming kind of flea market thing out in California with Chris a couple years ago. And I asked him, um, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm really into comics now. And I said, so what are, what are you after? Like, you know, a certain, you know, Marvel DC, like a certain, like, superhero or something. And he's like, well, I'm really into Deadpool right now. But also, I just get a lot of first appearances. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then we went to, like, three or four places. And they all, he asked them, he was like, where are your first appearances? They're like, oh, they're all over here. And there was, like, one area where it's just like, uh, and I was like, that's a really smart idea. Yeah. So... So yeah, if anyone wants to jump in and uh, a little bat chat, um, we got the Discord going, and then uh, we'll see if we get enough interest. Maybe we'll actually do like a little side bat cast. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I'm very <laughs> excited about the uh, Batman Book Club. Me too. And the Superman Book Club uh, has been delayed indefinitely. <laughs> well, it's all right. Uh, uh, you know, our our existing patriots, uh, you know, Pam and Silver Eighty. Maybe maybe they'll come to the Superman <laughs> side. So, yep. uh, you know, hop in the Discord and show some soups love. <laughs> nice. 
All right, cool. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, with that, uh, uh, that out of the way, um, let's jump right into uh, Kelsey. What's new with you? Um, I think last time I mentioned I was working on Qbert for the NES, and I, I put about a week into it, and it took me about another week of heavy practice. But I finally beat Qbert on the NES, and that's definitely among the toughest games I, I've had to play on there. Um, it looked horrible. Watching that video at the end, I'm like, this looks unreal. It's, yeah, it is hard. And there's a little bit of randomness to it, but just mm. the amount of time I put into it, you start to see some of the patterns and stuff. And it's not quite as crazy as it as it might look when you haven't played it. But I went to, like, delete all the failed attempts off my hard drive to, like, see how many times I had played it. <laughs> it was my 250th attempt when I wow. finally beat it. That is crazy, man. Which, yeah, that amount of attempts is is rare. Like that's like almost in that Akari Warriors category for mm-hmm. me with like how many times it took me to play it. But it it's a fun game. It's a decent port, so it's not. It wasn't like a grind or like terrible to play. Like I was enjoying playing Cubert for the most part. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so then I moved on to Solstice, which I beat in a couple days, which is a neat little uh, puzzle room kind of game. Uh, I went on to Rygar after that, um, which I didn't realize how short that game is. It's super short. Rygar is a cool game, though, right? It's neat. It's okay. Uh, like, there's, I don't know, it's early. I, I think if you it's played a, it when it came game. out, it would have been fantastic. Yeah. Just, other things did it better so much sooner, like right after it came out. Um, my capture device actually failed when I was attempting the last boss, so I had to replay the game again. So <laughs> thankfully, once you know where to go, it's like an under an hour kind of game. It's like pretty short. Yeah, when I was uh, young, I used to play through that one pretty regularly, just because, like yeah. you said, once you know it, you can just blast through it and have a For good time. Sure. Yeah. The maps, even when you know it, it's kind of a weird layout. It's kind of confusing to remember where to go. Ultimate Nintendo Player's Guide. That's what taught me the maps. Speaking so. of Ultimate, I also started Ultimate Air Combat. Oh, Ooh, Segway Master. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I assumed was just a dumb flight sim game, because there are so many of those on the NES. Um, and it is kind of. But then after you do a dumb flight sim part, you do like... Uh, uh, do you guys ever play like Captain Skyhawk? A yep. little. A little bit. Yeah, so it's like that style where it's like kind of isometric, but instead of being a giant sprite, you're like a reasonable size sprite. And you fly around, you have a mission, and each one, uh, each there, there's tons of missions in this game. There's like nine levels, and they all have four missions. And it'll be like, you got to take out these radio towers, or this one's like, you got to take out an enemy sub, or you got to take out um, some hangars with all their planes and stuff. So you have a whole bunch of different styles of missions that take different kinds of abilities. So you have a few different ships you can choose how to outfit them at the start, and some of them have like really cool like giant space lasers, and some of them have like these uh, um, th- they're like spe- special missiles that are just supposed to take down like water ships, and they will like just skid the top of the water until they hit something, and then just explode it in one hit. And they have a lot of cool weaponry in the game that you can like equip that's not realistic, but it's fun. So I'm actually enjoying this one a lot more than like every other flight sim game I've played so far. So. Cool. I'm about halfway through it because it's like password safe, so I'm on like the sixth stage out of nine. That was a, um, that was a later release, right? Yeah, I think it was like '92, and it was Activision, so they, they'd already had a few years under their belt too making games. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, it's also probably got the best voice samples I've ever heard on an NES game, and it uses them pretty regularly while you're playing. It'll say, like, missile incoming and stuff like that, and, like, it doesn't stutter then pause the game to, like, use the voice samples. And <laughs> have you played impressive. Big Bird Hide and, see- hide and Speak yet? I have. That one is still probably the best, because yes. there's nothing else going on <laughs> at the time, but yes. for, like, a game with gameplay, like, it's pretty solid. Cool. Yeah. Uh, my daughter's been super into Sackboy again this last uh, couple weeks, so we've put a ton of time into it, and we've actually got enough orbs. Um, that's like like imagine Mario game where you got to collect stars, and then you know how you have X amount of stars, you can open up the next area kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we've we've done the post game stuff now. You needed like almost all the orbs to unlock the very last level you could open, and we just did that today and and finished the level. Like I'm super impressed that she's able to keep up and, and do these stages with me it's it's been awesome so we might platinum the game if she wants to keep playing it because <laughs> there's only like six or seven more trophies we haven't got just from playing there you go yeah and i don't know about you guys but i got myself really excited about shimigami tensei games again when i talked to you last time <laughs> and was chatting with silver in the discord and he was asking if i had had any experience with the last bible games and i haven't but I did have a copy of Revelations, the Demon Slayer, which is the first Last Bible Game's name when it was localized here. The first uh, Last game Bible Game. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, I think there's three of them. Um, so I started playing Revelations, Demon Slayer earlier this week, and I'm, I think I'm probably about halfway through it right now. And it's very different for Shin Megami game. Like, there's no modern setting. It's like kind of like a Final Fantasy medieval kind of setting. Um, and the demon recruiting is maybe the most obscure and ridiculous I've come across yet, where you have four questions, you have to ask them, and you have to get all four of them right for them to answer you, but you get no indication if you're doing anything right or wrong, so you just hope for the best every time. Please so tell me that the questions are like, what is your name? No, it's <laughs> what like, is uh, your quest? <laughs> do you think demons are evil? And what are you are you going to kill me will you put down your weapon do you want me to join you like stuff like this but you you don't know which there's like four different types of demons and you have no idea what type they are it's all like invisible information and then each type wants you to answer a specific way and yeah like you just kind of have to get lucky or like literally pen and paper like i tried this last time so next time i'm going to try some different combination until you finally get it so it's really hard to recruit things in the game but thankfully Everything else about the game is pretty good. Music's good. Um, they're really generous with uh, XP and money. Um, it's kind of a neat setting. It's it's on the Game Boy Color, so it's not crazy deep um, dungeons or anything. They're all pretty straightforward, which I'm actually enjoying. Because I, I don't know if I was in the mood for something. It was going to take me years and years to go through. So I, I should hopefully be that. finished by next time we talk. Yeah, that's that's been my week. Cool. Pretty pretty solid. Well, uh, it's it's we've talked before, but like every time you know, I, I I try to you know find time for games, like try to you know set aside a night or like you know get the kids down or like figure out a weekend day, and it's like if I can like find time to play a little bit, like it's it's a big win. So it's always great to hear uh, when you get to play uh, you know like multiple games in a week or like finish a few and play something uh, you know that you, that you've kind of had on the list for a little bit. So that's I, awesome. I like to have a routine that i stick to so like every day i come home from work it's like breakfast exercise protein shake practice piano shower game Mm. time like i kind of have my day structured so i like always have game time in there sometime gotcha yeah 
That's very cool. So cool, man. So, uh, uh, Chris, what do you got going on? What's been happening since last time? Well, a few things have come up. Um, something just sprang to mind when Kelsey was mentioning Sackboy is Eden, my youngest, and I beat Final Fight uh, <laughs> the other day <laughs> nice. together. So we we co-opt all the way through, you know, just quarter feet. Who's Hagger? Uh, I was mostly Hagger, and then yeah. she said, I want to be him. Uh, she, she saw was, the raw power and wanted she to said, switch. Well, she said, because I had to explain who these characters were and why they were beating people up. So I had to give, like, yeah. the simple six-year-old version. You know, like, oh, this is his daughter got taken, and we're going to go rescue her, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, at some point she's like, I want to be the dad. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I, I switched it up to Guy um, because nobody wants to be Cody. And uh, so that, you know, we played all the way through it. Of course, you know, um, there's a whole lot of her beating me up. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of friendly fire in that one. Yeah, I will say by the end, though, she was getting pretty good. She, like, understood the idea of, like, oh, I'll stay up here and you stay down there or whatever it was so we wouldn't beat the tar out of each other. So um, (laughs) she she cottoned to it pretty quick and we beat Final Fight and I had to kind of explain the ending (laughs) because... uh, you know, it's pretty vague anyway. And you can't read quite yeah. yet, so. It's one of my favorite ones uh, when we would have uh, uh, the arcade uh, full of games um, in, like, the arcade storage warehouse. And you would kind of, like, flip everything on. like blah, 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 And you would just always hear, <laughs> you could always hear that machine with, like, the phone and the, <laughs> the whole intro. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. yep. Very much. So we had fun with that because I, I have uh, the beat up, Capcom beat 'em up collection. So you know, I thought, oh, because she's kept, she wants to play games with me. But I mean, like a lot of the games she wants to play, I'm like, I, you know, I'm no offense, I love you to death, but I don't want to play Minecraft, and I, I don't want to play Human Fall Flat again. We've beaten that thing a lot, and I'm kind of burnt out on it to be honest. So I'm like, hey, can we play these? Because they're real simple, right? There's like two buttons. It's not complicated. And so, yeah, so we've, we've taken that one down. Maybe we'll find out. We'll pick one of the next fighters <laughs> this time around. Because there's like, I don't know, like six, eight games or whatever on that collection. So we'll pick another one. I think she'll get the idea. Um, also, I think I've mentioned this before, but since I'm waiting on um, Bravely Default 2 to come out in less than a week now, I, I decided to give Dark Souls Remastered a run through on the <laughs> PS5. Because, I mean, it's... I'm sure it's like a lot of you guys. It's it's comfort food, right? It, mm. it makes me happy to play. Um, I liken it in my mind a lot, like to when you go and put in like your favorite NES game that you can just trounce, but you can just walk through it and have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely something to be said about that comfort, like whatever your thing is, whether it's music or like you know TV, book or whatever. There's a meme that uh, my wife shared with me the other day. Um, you guys have seen the Drake meme where like he's like you know turning away and he's like no I don't want that or yeah. then the other yeah. thing he wants it so um, it was like because she's always like, oh let's watch this show let's watch this show and I'm always like and the, the meme was like you know <laughs> watching a new show and the other one was like the comfort show that you've seen nine thousand times like yeah that's that's <laughs> what I want so when I can't when I have like so many choices I'm like oh what should I watch like I'm just gonna watch Deadwood again or I'm just gonna watch Curb again you know so yeah I definitely get the comfort food aspect of it yeah so um you know the one thing I like about those I can mix it up because you can make your own challenge runs out of it and so I did that for my first run and then I just said well I'm already at this point I'm just gonna go ahead and platinum it so that takes three (laughs) runs of the game back to back and so uh, I finished that up today felt pretty good 
Um, and then I'm sure we'll probably get into some of it about the Nintendo Direct. I didn't watch the Nintendo Direct, but I saw that they had the demo for Project Triangle Strategy, which uh, that's a pretty horrible, horrible uh, demo name. Working uh, title, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it's a bad name. I slept but, on it, like thinking maybe it'll grow on me tomorrow. It didn't. <laughs> but I think we all remember Octopath Traveler was also a working name, and guess what we got? So I think it was next Project for... Octopath. I think they yeah, added okay. the Traveler after. Okay. Uh, yeah. So whatever it is next year, just watch out. It'll be Triangle something. Is I hope. Yeah. I hope they do better. Yeah. Uh, but I, I. I downloaded the demo, and then this morning I got a chance to play it a little bit. And um, I I don't know how many battles are in the demo. I played through the first battle, and I was really I was really impressed. And it was not at all when I heard like, oh, here's this new kind of strategy thing. You know, think of like I get the idea, right? Like Final Fantasy Tactics, all of that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I like that sort of stuff. And then I fired it up, and I went. Wait a minute, this is a PS1 game. I mean, mm-hmm. the graphics are... It's PlayStation 1 graphics. Um, they call it, what, 2D HD? HD 2D? Something like that. Yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's... Even, like, the when the rotation happens, the sprites have that shimmer to them. Just like in the mm-hmm. PlayStation 1 era. I mean, this is a love letter to PlayStation 1 and Final For Fantasy sure. Tactics. Uh, and King... And, uh, uh... Not Kingdom Hearts, but the other hearts, uh... Yeah, Vandal. Vandal. Vandal hearts, you know, things like that. This is this is Square going. I'm going to go push your buttons, and you will give us money because you have fond feelings mm. for this stuff and good memories. <laughs> so you millennials uh, will give us cash. But um, I was impressed. The battle system was really it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it gave me that really good tactical feel. It's a demo, so the the story wasn't it's, overbearing. I, when you mentioned you played it, I, I jumped on it today too to to check it out. It is a hefty demo. Like, mm. did you go all the way through it? Uh, no, they like I did that first battle, like you yeah. said, and then there's a whole another section um, that that excited me just as much as the battle system, where you have to make like a big story decision. But yep. you've got like this group of people in your party, and they all have their own thoughts on which way it should go, and you can influence them to to vote your way if you go talk to them but if you go talk to like the townsfolk first you can get other pieces of information that unlock different dialogues with the people so you can have a better chance of like leaning them towards whichever direction you're trying to go but also just through the regular dialogue of the game when you're talking to them they're you're you're influencing their personalities so that when you get to these votes they might vote against what you want to do because of how you've been talking to them previously it was really neat that that's the part of the game that excites me just as much as the the battle yeah i mean i saw a little bit there's like a little snippet of that before you do the first battle but i haven't gotten to the parts after that yeah there's a really major part where they let you go through a whole area of that um, right after that battle and then i've got it saved at the start of a second big battle uh, yeah, because I haven't got through. I know it starts out like well, like chapter six or something at the beginning, and yeah, something like that. that sounds right. So you know, obviously the idea is they've um, just kind of thrown you in, giving you some ideas of what the gameplay is like. But so far, uh, I'm really impressed. I really like what it is. I like what it's trying to go for, and I'm honestly a bit surprised. I would have never thought they'd be like, yeah, let's go to the PS1 rabbit hole. Right, I mean, 
Uh, uh, it's the Octopath team, right? And they, they went for a lot of nostalgia with that game, too. Um, and I... I did, It's not grabbing me quite as much as that one because the I, I liked the characters and the personality and the music, especially in Octopath Traveler, and those parts aren't hitting me as hard in Project Triangle. But it also seemed like there was a lot more characters you can recruit so i'm hoping some of them all appeal to me because like when you finish that first battle you can do these little side things and they're just like uh little story snippets that are going on around the kingdom like that are like uh not necessarily directly involved in what you're dealing with but they're kind of tangentially involved um and so i actually recruited a character by just you know watching one of those little things and, and she seemed like a really interesting character so I thought, oh, okay maybe there's some some people i can recruit in this game that i'll i'll enjoy a little more than the main cast that they were uh showing off it's cool that they've kind of put that suikoden in bit into totally. this as well so yeah i'll be really interested i mean i've always liked some of that strategy stuff it doesn't come out very often it seems like i mean this is not kind of a genre that Either you get you know, like the really hardcore sim stuff, which is too much for me, um, or you get ones that are I don't know, um, anime anime flavored and really not very good. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that that this one is, is shaping up. I'm kind of sad that we have to wait a year, um, but it's fine. I mean, it's okay. Uh, I'll have forgotten most of this stuff by the time it actually releases. For sure. So, yeah, I, I'm going to finish playing that demo. Really enjoying it so far. So that's exciting because I was kind of worried out of this Nintendo Direct that, like, eh, there's probably not going to be anything for me inside of this. And so they had no nice more Heroes something. 3. That's, that's your jam. I know, mean, but I've already seen the trailers. So, that's I mean, right. I knew it was coming. It wasn't a surprise or anything. It's like, right. okay, yeah, I'll play this later. I'm going to buy it. But yeah. this was a surprise. I was like, oh, cool. There's yeah, something big surprise. to get me excited about. Um. Other than that, this weekend is the end of the Capcom Pro Tour 2020 season, so they couldn't have Capcom Cup this year because of COVID. Um, first, they had actually tried... It was supposed to be in, in Paris first, and so, that, of course, that got nixed. And then they were going to move it to the Dominican Republic um, for this weekend, but then that also got nixed. So what they're doing is instead doing... Um, some online matchups, like exhibition fights, all weekend. So they had some today, they'll have some tomorrow, and then of course usually they'll have announcements about things. And then the new update hits um, on Monday. So the Capcom Cup stuff is going on this weekend, new update hits on Monday, and there's some big pieces coming about this seasonal content. So probably the biggest piece out of this is a new mechanic for Street Fighter V, which is defensive based. It's called V-Shift. Um, anybody that's played Street Fighter Five, you'll know that you have V meter that you build, and it's it either lets you go into a V trigger, which is like a, gives you extra moves or special abilities. Um, and they also had a previously a V reversal mechanic, which was instead of blocking a hit, you could basically reversal it and, and knock somebody back. Um, but what this is something that you can do similar to a V reversal, but you can do it at any time, so you don't have to be blocking or anything else. And so it's, again, it's like a counter move. And what happens is if it's a successful, it's kind of like a parry. So if it's successful, it slows time down for a little bit. So you can make a reaction to it. And then it also, there's a special fever uh, move that you can use to follow up as well if you want to. 
Um, so it looks like it's really going to change the meta of the game, improve the defensive aspects because it's a very offensive game. Um, and so it's going to be fun to see how that impacts things. This is the last season of Street Fighter V, so I'm kind of surprised that they went that far to put a whole new chunk yeah, of mechanic sure. into it. Um, but yeah, they, they did. So it's that's going to be a big change coming down the line. Uh, they also had a little update where they showed off more of Dan. So Dan releases, I believe, also on Monday. And um, Dan's got always some cool, goofy, fun mechanics added to him. <laughs> uh, and then Rose is the next character. You know, everybody knew Rose was coming, but they, they actually showed some gameplay and moves and whatnot for Rose. So um looks like she's coming along pretty well. And then last but not least, uh, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see the Mortal Kombat trailer. For the flick that's coming i just watched it before we got on the call okay so i didn't know you know when you see mortal Kombat movie you don't know if you're like oh is this gonna be super cringe worthy or maybe it'll be yeah. okay it looks kind of fun so and it's yeah. it's gonna be coming out day one on hbo max so i'll get to watch it anyway so after watching i'm like cool i'm kind of looking forward to watching mortal Kombat. Yeah, same. I, I, I saw that it dropped like while I was at work, and I was like, oh, I'll put that on my watch later list, and I kind of forgot about it. So before the show, um, I was watching it with, I was like, oh, Sarah, like, let's watch the, the Red Band trailer real quick. So we threw the Red Band trailer on, and um, uh, and my kid like got out of bed and like walked in the room. We're like, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Red Band. So, um, and we, we like stopped it just in time, because after we got him out of there, like the end of the trailer is like a pretty gory, you know, like three or four, like, you know, uh, fatality montage. It's more of a combat, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So, um, but yeah, and I remember, I had kind of forgot that uh, um, HBO was doing the deal with uh, Warner Brothers. Um, so, the, uh, so it ended, and it was like, you know, April 16th or whatever, and I was like, guess what we're doing that Friday? <laughs> we are watching that. But isn't it weird um, that uh, Chun Li wasn't in the trailer? <laughs> oh yeah, that blow up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gee, Christmas. Uh, anyway, yeah, you can as you can imagine the fighting the fighting game community Twitter blew up yeah. really quick. Yeah, it was it was it was a it was a little bit of a Danky Kang moment. Yes. But uh, yeah, it looks like fun, and yeah, like you were saying, it's cool that we get so there's like a new release pretty much every month on HBO. Man, yeah. we're getting like the new Godzilla. Um, in January, we got the new Denzel Washington movie, which I think I talked about before that I watched. That I it was yep. kind of cool. So, Dune is this year, right? Yeah, Dune is yeah. coming. Um, and eventually, once the new Matrix comes out, I'm sure we'll probably get it as well. Day one. So yeah, yeah it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, WB's pumping out some good stuff. So Snyder yep. cut. The Snyder, Snyder cut is cut. next month. Four hours of. <laughs> Justice League goodness. Are you ready? I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> Black Suit Superman. That, there's like, I don't know, there's lots of things to be excited about, but I'm still really nervous about it. Dark Side looked cool, though, don't you think? I, d- I don't. I think Shao Kahn and Goro looked cooler in the Mortal Kombat trailer. Okay, alright. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. I, it's, you know, I go in again. I know what these movies are. I'm not expecting art. <laughs> I, I always go in hoping for more than I get often, so I need to readjust that. I guess I keep I keep my my low right, and then I, I just, just want to enjoy yeah. it. 
I try to start like that, but then I see the trailer and I'm like, ooh, you know, like Batman just gets me excited. And oh, yeah. Martian Manhunter is going to be in it. That's really cool. And, yeah. and maybe the Flash will be a little better this time. And, I, and I just start to hype myself up and, and I can't stop once it gets going. It's like trying to enjoy Star Wars now, right? Just start low. Yeah. Start really low yeah. and you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I really think that's a big part of why I've really come to just love the, the MCU so much is because, like, I love Iron Man 1. I love, love, love Iron Man 1. I know it was kind of the start of it. And then Iron Man 2, I didn't think was very good. And, um, yeah, uh, but then, like, every, every, but then, like, everything after that, like, uh, you know, and, and same thing. I'm like, okay, I shouldn't have my expectations that high because, like, how can it just, like, keep being this good? But, like, almost everything that I watch, it's like, it, it is that good. Yeah. Like, I'm very rarely disappointed. So, said, Iron it's Man just, 2 it's, and, like, Thor 2, I think, are the two, like, kind of stinkers. And, like, everything mm-hmm. else I really, really liked. Yeah, and even ones that I'm like, you know, I don't know anything about Doctor Strange. Then you watch Doctor Strange, like, how is Doctor Strange awesome? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's, uh, yeah, it's nuts just that they can just do, like, one after the other. It's crazy. Whoever they hands they put in charge of that. I mean, it's that shining gem. Um, Feige? Is it it Feige? I think so. Yeah, I think you say it Feige. Can can somebody put him in charge of Star Wars for a minute? (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's, he's the goods. And DC. Well, I mean, you know, Disney doesn't own DC yet, so just hire him. The day day isn't over. (laughs) Maybe by tomorrow morning. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's 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 it for me. So, uh, what about you, Bill? Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, I just made a couple notes here while you guys were talking, so I didn't interrupt too badly. But, uh, Kelsey, when you were talking about Cubert uh, and just, like, that kind of, like, just, like, relentless, uh, you know, like, like, like difficulty with, like, a little bit of randomness thrown in, it just made me think of um, when I beat Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine um, years ago. Um, and the only reason I beat it was because this is back when I was cared about achievements. Um, but <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to get all the achievements in this game. I wanted the thousand points. There wasn't a word for it back then. It was just like, you know, you, you, you got them all. Um, but, uh, and basically score. like, yeah, you just, like, you got max gamer score for that game. So it was a thousand gamer score per game, like without DLC. So, um, uh, on the on the Sega Genesis collection, every game had a different achievement, and some of them were like you know beat the first level. Some of them were you know kill ten guys without taking a hit. Like they was all over the board. A lot of them were really really short, but Doctor Robotics Mean Beam Machine was beat the game. <laughs> like oh, <laughs> so I had like nine hundred and it was either nine hundred or nine hundred and fifty. I think it was nine hundred and fifty points. So, and like my buddy Ed, it was 950 points. And I just like every day, like you said, routine, like after school or sorry, like after work, like go home, Dr. Robotnik, mean bean machine, like, which is like a Tetris, you know, kind of like block falling game. And that last level, uh, same thing. Like it's just like relentless speed, a little bit of randomness. So, like you got to get like a little bit lucky, like, cause like you, like, for me, like I messed up a few, but like they it just happened to fall the right way, and it's like beat it. And I remember, like I called him up, I'm like, "Yo, thousand." And he was like, "No," and then like he had to do it, so he got the thousand too. So, just uh, I don't know if I'd ever mentioned that before, no. so I just wanted to throw it in there. So, um, uh, I want to announce that uh, for a number of years now, we have bought my kids, you know, presents ranging from you know video games, books, bicycles, Hot Wheels, like you know, just random stuff that you buy for your kids. And you, you, you just hope for that reaction, right? Where, like, they tear a gift open and they just lose their minds. Like, you know, we love that stuff. Nintendo 64 and, kid? 
Yeah, exactly. Or like you know, like we like we have videos of us when we were kids. Like me, and my brother, and my sister opened up um, the Nintendo, and we all screamed. And the next year, like we opened up just Legend of Zelda, and all of us just screamed in unison, Zelda. Like we love those. So, but for years we've been you know getting my kids stuff, and like they'll they'll open it, and it'll be like, oh cool, or like uh, or like oh I knew it. I'm like well I didn't want you to know it, you know like just but we've never gotten that crazy reaction. So um. My my oldest son has been getting really into Pokemon Sword lately, and the younger one, like the other, like he like wants to play it. I'm like, well, you can't play it. Callahan's playing it, and then Callahan's like, oh, why don't you get Pokemon Shield? Like, then we can play together, and we'll do like the trades and stuff. So like, I'm leaving for work one day, and he's like, cr- and they're they're they have a couple days off because of the snow or whatever, and he's like crying, like inconsolably crying, like wants to play Pokemon with his brother. So uh, so I go to work. Um, it's, it's on sale, like a slight, small sales, 10 bucks off, but I used some like reward points and I bought Pokemon shield. So next morning, it just kind of like a, just because present. So got them up there. I'm right. I'm you know, about to go to work. And I was like, listen, I really didn't want you to be left out. You know, I want you to be able to, to like play with your brother. So I just, it wasn't wrapped or anything. I just like took it out and handed it to him. And the two of them lost their minds it was amazing we're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and callie was now we can do this, and you could trade this and you can get this and my wife was laughing she's like it's like he's more excited than uh, than cameron is <laughs> um so it was really really cool seeing that reaction and seeing them actually like play uh you know play the game together um but uh, to, to one of your points earlier uh, uh, chris when you said you know you love your kids but like you don't always want to play the game they want to play um, because they're like, oh, daddy, like, you know, play this with me. Uh, and my, and they ask all the time, like, daddy, do you like Pokemon? And I'm like, I'm really happy that you like Pokemon. I'm, I'm really happy that you're going to be a Pokemon master. I'm proud that you've evolved this guy. You've got a level 80, this guy. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the answer is no, I don't want to play that. <laughs> so, um, when, when they come to me and they're like, oh, like, here, you, you play this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you guys play together. So, um, it's, uh, uh, and it's and it's constant. Like they want to play like you know Plants vs Zombies, Garden Warfare. Or they want to do this. So it's really really cool having the Pokemon Sword and Shield because now like they will just like sit and play together and 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 trade. So, uh, but I will tell you, I don't know how much Pokemon Sword and Shield you guys have played, but there seems to be a lot of stuff in this game that like almost like hints like there would be more, and there isn't, and it's really frustrating him. Like he'll like walk up to a thing. And there's like a door, and there's a guy there, and he's like, "Oh, like uh, uh, that, that's um, probably the come back later." Yeah, it's probably the DLC stuff. Um, I think one of the two has launched already. Yeah, you have to like buy that and then go to the specific area, and then there, yeah. there is more stuff. Yeah, and that's what we keep telling him. And then, but like you know, every few minutes he's like, "Daddy, update on your phone." how to get into the <laughs> old ruins at the castle. So you look it up and it's like, oh yeah, well that's a, uh, you know, that's um, a special battle or a special raid or whatever. But it's it's starting to bug me a little bit because like he keeps asking how to get this um, Dynamax battle, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And Nailed I it. look it up and I looked it up and it's like, oh, this Dynamax battle only came when you bought the Sword and Shield 2-pack. Oh, come it's like, on. Well, can I buy that code like separately? Well, yeah, on the aftermarket for like thirty dollars, like to get this like one or two Pokemon, and like there are other Dynamax battles, but they're timed. 
So it's like you can go on like the the eShop or like play Pokemon from like you know March 10th to like April 10th, and like you'll get like a card. But then like after April 10th, you can't get it anymore. So like he's trying to get like all this stuff, and he just can't do it. Um, and I just keep having to tell him, yeah, buddy, like maybe that's going to be in the expansion or like you know. Welcome and, and to we've the looked wonderful up... world of Pokemon. Yeah, event Pokemon yeah. have been around since the dawn of the game, and it's really? been kind of frustrating and like real chase items and. Yeah, a little bit of the FOMO just yeah. to keep you keep you coming back. So, but yeah, so I mean, we we got the reaction, which was great. Um, uh, and uh, uh, so speaking of that reaction. Um, the Nintendo Direct, um, which is not something I've ever like really been super into, but now since the kids are playing a lot of Switch, um, that night that it that it came either the night it came out or the night after, uh, we said to the kids like, hey, let's let's watch the Nintendo Direct, and they didn't know what it was, and they were like, no, we just want to play games right now, so we shut the Switch off and like we turned it on, and same thing, we got like some of those reactions, like uh, the first one, I think the opening video was the Xenoblade Chronicles uh, Smash uh, character intro, yeah. the the two new char- the, that dual character Mithra. Yeah. right right and um so like they're kind of watching and they're kind of building it up like it's a game and then it's like you know like an m night Shyamalan twist where it's like oh but we're in smash now <laughs> and so he kind of like he doesn't know who they are but he was like oh it's smash and you know so uh it was cool um because they love outer wilds so when like the outer wilds video comes up uh, that my middle guy, he was like, Outer Wilds on Switch? <laughs> <laughs> it was just cool, like, seeing, like, because it's, like, the reaction that, like, the people who make these trailers hope they get. Like, the kids were, like, you know, were giving it back. And uh, I told you they'll have Plants vs. Zombies, so when that video comes up, Battle for Neighborville complete! You know, like, it was <laughs> it was just cool, like, just watching it with them. And they did get to a point where they almost were, like, overloaded, and they were like, okay and then like they weren't interested after that so like i think like the legend of mana came on and i'm like guys doesn't this look cool it's like you know like role playing it's a dad and, game and, boring yeah and and, <laughs> I, and i look over at them and like they're just heads are like d- back down in the switch and they're like mm-hmm. they look back so down your kids so. weren't thrilled about project triangle strategy come on definitely definitely didn't make it that far <laughs> but uh but then like but then like a thing would come up and i'm like oh guys like how about this you know so uh, but yeah, it was it was cool to kind of get like a glimpse of like you know what that's going to be like uh, moving forward a little bit because they they definitely are Switch dudes. That's so cool. Um, My son yeah. used to watch E3s with me, um, like the press conferences, and I can't get him to watch that kind of stuff with me anymore. He he just doesn't care. And that, so I give him the highlights after like. I watch the Nintendo Direct by myself, and I feel like your kids the whole time. I'm like, oh, Mario Golf's yeah. back. There's <laughs> a story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get so excited. And, 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 and that trailer came out, and I was like, guys, new Mario Golf. And, like, I don't think they'd ever played a Mario Golf, so, like, they didn't know that was a thing. But they played mini golf for the first time in their lives this summer. And when they got back from that, like, they were just like, can we go to play mini golf, like, every week? So they were, like, on a golf thing. So when they saw Mario Golf, they were like, Mario? and golf (laughs) and then the part of the video where it was like speed golf because like anything that's silly right like uh what's that crazy golf game the the uh what what the golf or something like that um where like it's just madness right like you know like things exploding and moving and stuff they just laugh at stuff like that right so when they saw the video uh where it was speed golf like you hit the ball and you just run like they were super like they were all in on that so right on. it was cool yeah so i just i watched the whole thing and i'm like the only thing my son would be interested in all this is splatoon 3 so i just let him know i'm like hey there's another splatoon coming out and he's like awesome when and i'm like probably next year he's like tell me when it's closer mm. i don't care right now yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't like because I think Josh in the in the Slack chat um, was like, "Oh, no surprise there." So I don't know if that had been released or if it was expected to be announced. No, uh, but it, I, it was a surprise. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just been yeah. long enough since the last one, and the last one did really well. The last two did mm. really well, so I think that's why he right. said no surprise. Like that. Gotcha. Doing gotcha. The sequel. Yeah. Gotcha. So Nintendo so, marketing um, is working very well for my kids. See, they go and watch like all the Nintendo minutes and everything else that are on yeah. the Switch because they're like featured, right? And so mm. they watch us, and then they come to me, yeah. of course. I mean, like to the point where, so Maddie <clears throat> used some of her own money, so I would put Among Us on the Switch, which you know, like five bucks or whatever. So I'm like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. Mm. Eden again, my youngest, she wanted the new Mario, you know, with the Bowser's. Bowser, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, you got a birthday in March. You know, you could ask for this for your birthday. She couldn't wait. She couldn't wait. She took, like, into her piggy bank, got all of her, like, prior, like, Christmas money and everything. 60 bucks, man. Nice. And, and okay, well, you want to spend your money on yep. that? We bought it for her, and, and she's been playing it. So, yeah. And then Nintendo marketing team, whatever they're doing to put the highlight their stuff yep. on Switch, it's working because my, yep. my kids are eating it up. Very cool. Yeah, so I mean, this is just the beginning for them, I'm sure. Like, I'll 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 show them the minutes. I'll show them where they can like access stuff. And uh, uh, it's the one kind of cool thing that's been happening, or not, you know, cool, but like uh, we've we've always told our kids like you know like save your money, save your money. They you know we have their little piggy bank and everything. And I don't think they've ever taken money out. They just keep putting money into it. So like they got Pokemon Sword and Shield now. So Callahan's like. Oh, can we get the can we get the expansions? The expansions, and then um, he was like, "Can you buy them for me? I don't want to waste my money on them. I want to save my money." <laughs> You're like, "Wait a minute!" And I was but like, my money. "I was like, it's I was like, it's interesting that you know it's a waste, and you would rather <laughs> me put my dollars towards that waste." <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, so that's kind of what's been going on in in the Nintendo uh, you know, side of uh, things. Um, so on the other side of what I've been playing. Um, uh, I just wanted to mention because the last few times I talked about what I'm playing, I mentioned Destiny and how like the, it's gotten like a little stale and like I wasn't really like uh, you know grabbing me the way it used to. So the new season of Destiny started um, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, it's really really good. Um, it's it's a lot better than the gameplay loop of last season, um, which was you know not a whole lot going on with it. So there's a new um, activity called Battlegrounds. Um, which is just, you know, it's just killing waves of ads, but um, the enemy density seems a lot higher. So it's it actually, a lot of times in Destiny, especially when you have bounties to, like, kill a certain number of guys or, like, kill a certain number of guys a certain way, you you feel like you're competing with your team for those kills. Um, so with the higher enemy density, you can just kind of, like, do all the stuff that you want to do and not feel like you're, you know, affecting uh, your teammates, which is uh, really cool. So it's a, it's a really cool activity. Um uh, it's uh, uh, it's got some targeted loot uh, mechanics in it where instead of just hoping you get a certain thing, you can kind of spend this seasonal currency to like focus your loot into like you know a certain type or a certain you know like uh, role that you want to get or something like that. Um, there's a hidden uh, uh, not a hidden there was a secret um, uh, unannounced exotic quest that launched uh, the day one of the second week. It's really, really, really good. Um, I did the first half of it solo, and uh, um, I was going to grab the clan mates to try to finish it off uh, maybe this weekend if I can squeeze it in. Uh, but yeah, um, the new uh, new season, just a, just a couple weeks in now, is really solid. Um, but to make sure that I don't get you know stuck in a routine where like I'm just playing one game, I am limiting the, the time that I 
that I you know play uh, uh, that I play Destiny to make sure that other stuff gets to fit in. So um, I've been playing more of Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, nice. I actually played a, a ton of it um, uh, ye- yesterday, and even this morning I was able to play for a while. I don't know exactly what the percentage that I am, but I've gotten through like three of like the major areas where like you kind of like you know beat the uh, not the boss, but like where like you kind of like unlock the essence of that area. So like you like unlock the water, unlock the wind. You're like trying to like unlock these elements to like get the forest back to the way it was. It's really, really, really good. Um, it's uh, it's it's a lot like Hollow Knight, um, and uh, it's funny that like because uh, like Hollow Knight's a, a bit more drab and like a, even though it's not just black and white, it feels very black and white, kind of like Limbo esque. Oh, yeah. There's a ton more color in Ori in the Blind Forest, but like it's got that similar kind of feel where it's like kind of like underground and like bugs in certain areas and animals and stuff like that. But uh, when my, my, my kids walked downstairs and they saw me playing it today, they said that. They were like, oh, this looks like Hollow Knight. I'm like, yeah, it's the same same kind of game, but, like, you know, it's different. And uh, I don't, I've, I'm starting to unlock abilities that I have, like, they may be in other games, but, like, they're not things that you would typically see in a Metroidvania, uh, you know, kind of style game where, um, like, a lot of times you'll get, like, some sort of grappling hook ability where there's, like, a fixed point and you can just shoot your grappling hook at it and then you go to that point. So it's a similar type mechanic, but it's uh, uh, it's, it's called Bash, which is kind of a, a not a great name for it. It's not very descriptive of what it actually does. But you can grab onto, like, something. Uh, it can be an enemy. It can be a projectile. And you, like, propel yourself. Like, you, like, use that enemy or projectile <laughs> uh, to move yourself. Cool. So it's, yeah, so it's, you're not working on fixed points. So, like, there could be, like, a whole area that you got to kind of platform over, like, up and around. And there's like lanterns that are hanging there, and and those are static, and you can do those. But then you'll go, and it's like there's there's nothing, there's nothing else here. So like you got to kind of use your like uh, uh like your leaf to kind of like you know float in the air a little bit, and an enemy will shoot something at you, and then you got to grab like kind of grab that projectile and like project yourself off of that. Um, and it's cool. My my middle kid saw that, and uh, he was like, oh, it's like the hang glider from Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Ori and the Blind Forest, um, which actually kind of got on my radar seeing it in Pam's video um, for like her, her favorite games. She was talking about Will of the Wisps. And so the video footage for that got me like, ooh, that looks really, really, really good. And I knew it was on Game Pass. So so yeah, Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, I'm playing the Definitive Edition, which I'm pretty sure is available on both Xbox. Uh, and I'm playing on PC, so it's definitely available on PC. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ori and the Blind Forest, Definitive Edition, really good so far. If I had to guess, I'd say I'm a little less than halfway through. Um, and on the uh, the TV uh, side of things, what we were watching, um, we, not accidentally, but we unknowingly watched all of Black Mirror. Uh, <laughs> when I say unknowingly, like, we watched it out of order, because, like, normally we'll, like, start at Season 1 and, like, go through. So when we started Black Mirror, we didn't realize we were starting with, like, the newest episode, and and kind of going backwards and once we realize that we're like oh okay let's go back to like season one like episode one and go forward like that so we caught up to like where we were when we started so like the next episode we're like oh no we've already seen this one but then we looked at all the episodes and we're like oh no we've seen them all (laughs) you know so we didn't realize it was it was all uh all done so um I, I said to you guys in chat a little bit uh, ago that um, they were very hit or miss. Like, there are some episodes Definitely. where they end, and you kind of look at each other, and you're like, 
eh, you know, like did that, you, that did one you guys wasn't do for me. Bandersnatch as well? No, did not. So that's a Black Mirror episode, but it's like a choose-your-own-adventure Black Mirror episode where you can. Oh, I, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember hearing about that. It was like, yeah, it was like it was like a Black Mirror, um, uh, like experience yeah. or like however they. It's worth yeah, checking we didn't out do that too. one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely. I don't would. know how you'll decide who gets to choose what, but yeah, once you figure that out, I think it'd be fun to go through. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll do it solo and then like compare notes, like a heavy rain uh, playthrough. Like what happened with your guy? Good, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be interesting. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, like for the most part, I liked it. Um, and there were a few times where it was over and I was like, oh, that one, I thought to myself, oh, that one was pretty cool. And she was like, nah, like I didn't like that one at all. Um, but for the most part, um, I, I think they were pretty solid. There's definitely that, that, you know, moment in time where like it, it stops becoming like this kind of like, you know, I don't want to say low budget, but like, there's definitely like a shift when it goes from like what it was to like what it will be. And like, it's, it's fairly jarring when that switch happens. Um, but, uh, uh, really, really, really cool. I actually want to go back and either ask Sean, uh, what episode it was. He mentioned on the playcast that he loved this one episode of black mirror. And he's like, of course, like everyone loves this episode. It's like what everyone says is the best or their favorite. And um, I can't remember which one he said, but I I want to I'm I'm curious which one it was. Um, I really really liked the um, uh, the Black Museum episode, just yeah. kind of like a multi uh, part story. That one was really good. Um, kind of got me. And um, uh, one that got me uh, uh, was the one that um, uh, the woman uh, who like uh, her. I, I don't know if it's spoilery, but like her and the boyfriend like in you know out in like a remote road like hit a bicyclist like in the first like few minutes of the show i think it's called crocodile tears or crocodile that one uh the ending like i can't like it's it was a little bit too rough for me but uh uh, the McAllister episode um there's a lot of really good stuff in there so i would recommend going through it but uh, just being that it's anthology there is going to be you know there'll be some you like there'll be some you don't um and uh kelsey i am fully caught up on wandavision so we can uh, do a WandaVision sidecast. Yesterday's episode? Yes, nice. including yesterday. And I got to tell you, they didn't get the reaction out of me that they probably wanted because I don't I don't know the deep cuts. You know what I mean? But so like but at the end of that episode, I just think about like, oh, I'm so happy for the people <laughs> who who know and who are like, oh, you know, cuz and it's the way they did it, no spoilers. The way they did it, they hid it in plain sight in such a, a simple and interesting way um, that uh, um, I don't know if people knew that. Cause like, yeah. I never, yeah. yeah okay. Like right from the get go, I was like, okay, we really? know who this is. Yeah. We're just okay, waiting yeah, for yeah. that moment. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No, it, it's, it was, it was so, so cool. Um, the, but uh, like they do have stuff that's like thrown me. Like, like I knew, like you're talking about Agnes, right? Yeah. 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 So that, yeah, that, that wasn't a surprise, but it was a cool reveal. But, uh, like, the Quicksilver thing, like, just, I'm still, like, yeah. trying to wrap my brain around, like, how this makes sense, what's happening, what does this mean for other Marvel things, like, it's so right. cool. And and that, so that was the, like, so when that happened was right around the time when, like, they were teasing, uh, like, some actor was teasing, like, a big cameo on the show, and I was like, I don't even like knowing that, you know, like, I don't even like knowing that something like that's going to happen. Every so Friday, like, just... when I wake up. I just put my phone on silent and I'm like, I'm not watching it. Cause we, we've kind of made a family routine. Like every Friday night, my wife's the latest one to get home from work. 
So when she gets home, we throw frozen pizza in the oven and we watch nice. WandaVision together. And that's been our Friday for the last like six weeks. And Friday's our pizza night too. Yeah. And my daughter is funny too. Cause she's four. Like I do not expect her to care about the show, but she's like, mom's home. We can watch. She calls it television. She's like, we can watch television now. <laughs> and then we, we all go sit down and so watch cool. it. And it's awesome. I mean, so, so talk about like, you know, I never look for like, you know, the hidden meaning or like, like, you know, oh, that person could be this person. Um, I'm so dumb and so out of it that when I watched, so like, I knew that the show was called WandaVision and I didn't see any marketing for it. Like none. I'm just thinking Wanda Maximoff, right? That's all I'm thinking about. I know zero else about it. The first episode comes on. And the title screen comes up, and it's and it's like the 50s style I Love Lucy, and it's like Wanda. And then it's Vision. I, you know how dumb I am? Like, I'm sitting there watching it, and I was like, oh, Wanda, <laughs> Vision. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I know that, you know, in the Marvel world, people are like, you know, hunting and digging for like every detail they can find. And they know, oh, this... I. I remember uh, years ago being into like you know shows like Twenty Four and stuff like that, and I would see little things online. It was like, oh, they've uh, this actor has signed on uh, like a two episode deal, you know, to guest star on Twenty Four. I'm like, I don't like knowing they're only going to be there for two episodes. Like that that's does, that's spoilery, yeah. right? I, I that so I I try to look at zero. So like it was, Smart. it's really really cool. Really, really yeah. enjoying it so far. So yeah, we're we're fully caught up. I thought I heard a rumor somewhere that the last three episodes were an hour apiece, but maybe that's I, not true. I saw that too, and then I saw everyone like, has this been confirmed by anybody? And they're like, no. Mm. So I think it's just a rumor. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah I, it was on um because Kevin Smith, um, was doing a podcast with someone because I saw the clip and like a guy on the that podcast was like, oh, and the last three are supposed to be an hour long, and Kevin Smith is like are you serious? And the guy's like, yeah. And he was like, Oh, this is amazing. See, so I, I don't even know. Like I've been trying to do like you and not spoil things. I don't even know how many episodes they're doing. Mm. I don't know if it's 10 yeah. or 12 or whatever, but uh, I'm just enjoying the so, ride. So that's a double edged sword. So I do the same thing. Um, it's, it's great. Not know, like it's great. Not knowing, but at the same time, multiple times when we watch a show, like it'll be over. And we're like, Oh, okay, let's watch another one. And it's like, that was the finale. So that's the only downside of it. It was like, oh, like sure. I wasn't even like finale prepared, you know? So uh, we did that well, with um, Stranger Things. The way they're doing the Marvel shows, I don't think they're like planning to do like multiple seasons. I think when the show's done, like it's over. So I'm assuming that, that means the ending will be pretty obvious. Yeah, that's that's the arc, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, one of the, the cooler things, I, uh, the funnier tweets I saw on it, like someone was reviewing Wanda, gave WandaVision like a bad review and they were like, oh, like I'm really not into this show. Like, it's it's just like a Marvel movie, but they're like stretching the story out like across like a season of television. And somebody retweeted it, it was like, yeah, that's the point <laughs> of a television show. <laughs> why why wouldn't they stretch the story out the entire season of a television show? So, but yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Awesome. Glad to so hear that. and then uh, last thing I'll mention, I told you guys already, PlayStation Five stock hit Best Buy. Uh, so at first, like the first few seconds, cause it was a Wario 64 tweet and it was like five minutes into it. I was like, oh, there's no way it's going to still be there. So I went to Best Buy and it was yellow, like add to cart. So I'm like, all right, I got the credit on Amazon. So I went to Amazon. I was like, can you buy Best Buy like gift cards, like from Amazon email delivery, like within like a few minutes. And apparently you can. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So I was going to wait until it was like in the cart, like ready to check out. Um, so you hit add to cart. 
And then there's that that security step. They're like, oh, like we're you know we're making everyone like add it to cart, like you know go through a few times to make sure like you're legit. So like you hit it again, and it's okay. Like you have to wait for it to go yellow again. So it's always waiting. So then I got it in the cart. It's like awesome. And then um, it didn't have my location correct. So it was like like store pickup in like you know some store eight hours away. I'm like oh no, like I'm not there. Like I'm here. So like it had to redo the location so like it like kicked the whole thing like back out again because they're not doing they're not doing shipping um it's store pickup only so it's 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 delivered yeah because they don't want to be shipping stuff to people's houses so everything that you're buying online is for in-store pickup in eight or ten days like whenever the store is going to get it back so went through the whole process again and just like stalled like could not add to cart like you know the whole deal so i was like all right whatever not going to stress about it so It'll happen when it happens, but uh, it it is nice to see. And I, I started following PS5 stock alerts on Twitter and just looking at some of their past uh, tweets. You know, Target's had it a few times. Uh, uh, Amazon actually had it uh, a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, it'll happen. You know, hopefully the the bots will calm down a little bit. I'm starting to see on Facebook Marketplace because I'm on there looking for like Lego and other stuff uh, regularly. I see Playstations locally for you know. 550 650 you know like the the scalp is coming down so hopefully it won't be you know worth it for people to get into the reseller game and that'll make it a little bit easier so we'll see but that's uh that's where we're at with the uh, with the saga yeah yeah good luck and, th- and then and then i can platinum demon souls <laughs> it's pretty awesome <laughs> i will say that it's beautiful yeah. <laughs> such a beautiful game Cool. All right, so it looks like we're all caught up, so uh, let's just pop straight into the uh, main topic. Um, We thought that uh, with uh, all of our friends uh, in Texas and, you know, in the Northeast and in Canada, wherever you happen to be. Now it's warm up here. Oh, now it is? (laughs) So we figured with all of our friends uh, experiencing all of these, uh, you know, cold uh, sensations uh, like, uh, you know, uh, being snowed in and having their cities covered with ice and having power failing and all that stuff. Uh, hopefully everyone's okay. Um, it sounds like uh, a lot of people are on the rebound, uh, including some friends of ours, which is awesome. Um, but we thought it might be uh, uh, an interesting, fun thing to do to talk about uh, games with like a winter ice snow theme. Um, and not even just games. We kind of open this up to, you know, like a level, um, a character an aspect of a game like anything that's kind of like you know snowy or wintry um so i'm sure we'll come up with a, a terrific uh, snow pun uh for the uh, name of the show uh once we uh we kind of get through everything um so uh we uh the way we set it up is uh, each of us um have uh, five uh you know so again games levels uh, characters like what have you so we'll go through those um we have some honorable mentions in case we have some overlap um, so, uh, we'll see, uh, I mean, we were talking a little bit before the show, um, I don't know how much overlap we're going to have. So we might kind of all, it's, it's broad it's enough too, where yeah. we might have, yeah, it's, it's broad enough where we may have some, uh, uh, some, some room from each other. Um, so, uh, if you guys don't mind, um, I'll go ahead and kick it off with, uh, my background here. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind, uh, with, uh, you know, snow and ice levels, um, is, uh, that, uh, iconic first level of Shadows of the Empire, um, where uh, you get to, you know, take your uh, your snow speeder, um, sorry, your T forty seven airspeeder uh, for the Star Wars guys out there, and take down uh, the big Imperial walkers. Um, I remember only wanting to do this in in this game, and then like once this level was over, 
and you kind of got to do the rest of the game was like, all right, I mean, we could just play that first level again. <laughs> what a great opening. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so, uh, that leads me into the, the, uh, you know, the, the obvious, uh, uh, uh one there is a uh, rogue squadron because that level was so good and so iconic and so popular. And so many people, maybe just me, uh, were saying, can we have an entire game uh, of that? Um, so Rogue Squadron also gets that, uh, that Hoth battle. Wasn't the first uh, um, uh, level in the game. That was, uh, I believe, on Tatooine with the, um, uh, the probe droids. Um, kind of like more Hoth like a desert might have even uh, been one of the like, later unlockable ones. Like you had to get like all the yeah. bronzes or something to open it, something like that. Right, right, yeah. So, um, um, but yeah. So, uh, um, I know you guys can't see because uh, the way the uh, you know the backgrounds go, but I'm wearing my my Hoth uh, spirit jersey uh, right now, <laughs> just a theme for the show. But, but yeah, just a, a, a terrific. Um, I mean, obviously, it's an iconic scene in the films, um, in uh, Empire Strikes Back, and uh, um, it was uh, a big, big part of you know why Shadows of the Empire. I think did well initially for sure um and then you know i i really like to i don't know if anyone else thought this but i really thought that that's what the game was going to be was going to be like in ships flying around and then when i got out of the ship and i'm like jumping around it was like yeah this isn't uh this isn't exactly what i signed up for but i know there's got to be someone out there who likes the rest of that game i don't think i've ever beaten it i think i always got to that train part with ig88 and never mm. never got past it <laughs> i beat it back in the day but just simply because it was slim pickings on the n64 yeah, so. yeah. that was an early one yeah you just yeah. keep playing because that's what you have uh, and i think it's um i mean these days i know it's on uh good old games or gog now um and it's probably on steam so i wonder if it's one of those like 99 cent deals that might be just uh, worth going back and being like ah, i remember that <laughs> And uh, so yeah, so so my first one on my list is uh, the Shadows of the Empire slash Rogue Squadron uh, Winter uh, Hoth battle levels. So, uh, Chris, why don't we go to you next, and we'll get your your first game here or first mention. Sure. I just want to going back that is it Dash Rendar just like the Dash Rendar? Isn't he like the worst like dollar store Han Solo ripoff ever? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, like he's that generic you know character you would get from China. Yeah. That's like not well made dash rendar yeah like, they're like we need star a, battles um, or something right it would be. they need a, a what do you call it they need a um a scoundrel and uh yeah. uh, uh what's his face uh, harrison uh his people are asking for too much money <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, um so th- but you made me remember that um i'm pretty sure for shadows of the empire there was like this like media campaign around it there was a book that they, re- audio they released version. the book right the audio but but I think there was like, wasn't there also like like a soundtrack? Yeah. Like the yeah. Say, like there, there, there was, was an like, audio version that had like Star Wars music and it was acted right and the whole thing. Yep. Yep. And uh, there's there's a, a an artist um, that I've followed for a while. Uh, my my brother-in-law Mike uh, uh, introduced me to him. His name is Brandon Bird. Go to brandonbird.com and just look at some of this guy's art. It's incredible. He did a movie poster. Like if like Shadows of the Empire was like fully like made as a movie, and because uh, Luke's in it, like Leia's in it, but it's also got um like the main bad guy because it was never like uh like you know done in like a real Hollywood movie. He has Edward Norton like drawn into this uh, <laughs> uh, role. Um, it's uh, uh it's really 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 cool because the the concept was like this big media blitz around like Shadows of the Empire. They were trying to like make it like its own thing. 
did not become its own thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was Dash Rendar. Dash. I'll actually uh, I'll I'll, I'll throw that uh, that piece of art. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chris, what do you got? Uh, well, I made a couple conscious choices when I went to this. Number one, the first conscious choice I made was try to pick something that you two would not pick. So I hopefully that's I'm gonna I'm pretty certain, but I guess there's one possibly. But anyway, mm-hmm. the second point I made was no slippery ice levels. No levels Ooh. where you slip around on stupid ice because that's a crappy level, and I don't like it. <laughs> so, you know, I've got one. No. We'll, we'll see about that. I no, like ice levels. No slippy ice levels because they're garbage. All right? So there, there's my, my little prelude. Okay. My first pick is Colleen from Street Fighter V, which is also the character of Helen, which was first seen in Street Fighter Three. So... For those that don't know or are not familiar with Street Fighter lore, um, basically Helen yeah. was Gil's assistant. So Gil was the end boss in Street Fighter Three. So whenever you would see him be introduced, you would see her kind of in the background as like his his help help person, and uh, didn't interact a whole lot. Again, more like a background character that was there in three, but. In 5, she got to be her own character. I think Season 2 or something came out. And we find out that her real name is uh, Colin. Uh, Colleen, or how you're... It's K-O-L-I-N. And she, of course, has ice powers. So that's kind of like her shtick in the game. So um, she is, again, serving Gil uh, in the secret society or the Illuminati. Uh, you know that they, that he is the head of, and that's kind of her thing. So she's got all of these ice-based attacks. So she can summon these giant hail pieces that come down. She can do a double jump, which kind of shoots out a little piece of ice as she jumps back. So that sometimes you can use that as a getaway and also as a hit as you do it. Um, she has these ice-based attacks with her hands, where it's like it was like knives. Uh, that are there and then her V triggers have to do a lot with that so she has like this ice slide where she's almost like on ice skates but of course she just like <laughs> makes them and she can you know zoom across the level really fast and do some of her moves and um, again it's just kind of taking one of those characters that had kind of been very much in the background and bringing them forward and really developing them into a full character and she's got a cool story arc because before Gil came to Street Fighter 5 she was kind of Gil was always in the story, and Urian's in Street Fighter V. So um, she was, and her story part's all just doing the work of Gil behind the scenes, right? It's really rather nefarious. Um, she helped with the, the resurrection of Nash, you know, bringing him back from the dead uh, and imbuing him with the, the thing that, you know, brought him back to life so he could fight uh, Bison and, and Shadaloo. Uh, and so she's also employing Jury throughout the story as, as Jury's kind of like a mercenary type that's going out and doing things for her. And so, uh, you know, eventually Jury kind of turns around a little bit with that. But again, she's kind of the one pulling a lot of the strings while Gil is hidden in the back. Because story wise, Street Fighter V takes place before Street Fighter III. Mm. So this, in this game, when Street Fighter V introduced Gil, that was when he was first unveiled. He came out, you know, into the public space uh, and kind of let everyone know. Because he's got this plan, of course, you know, like all bad guys do to kind of take over the world and rule it. Because he's a god, like he sees himself as like a god or messiah character. 
So this is kind of the being the the build up to kind of Gil's ascension and talking about the backstory of uh, Colleen and uh, and Jurian and kind of all that whole triangle and everything you need to know about the Illuminati. So again, <laughs> cool story, uh, neat character, very popular in Street Fighter Five because she's very well done. She's got some great moves, and again, totally ice based. So there you go. Nice. So you may have mentioned this back in the lore episode. I'm sorry that I don't remember exactly, but did we talk about if uh, you need to go into like you know the extended fan fiction or not fan fiction, but if you need to like really dig deep for the Street Fighter lore, or if it's there available for you, uh, you know, within the games, if you want to look for it. So there is story mode, like in Street Fighter Five. There is a complete story mode, and it has like the cutscenes. It explains a lot of things. Of course, there's fights in between, but they make the story mode fights like really easy so there's mm. no worry right you could be a total button masher newbie and right. still get through the story it's like an event battle yeah so and yeah. they're usually like one yeah. round and they're you know anyway and you play as different characters in it so because again it's the story so you don't have to know any moves you can just bat and mash and, and get your way through it mm. but it does i mean obviously it would help to know some background of the street fighter lore but i mean it does a good enough job of letting you know who care which characters are which and Hang on, kind of how they fit into the storyline. Yeah, the story more is pretty good. It's got quite a bit to it. And not only is there the huge like Street Fighter Five story, there's also a character story for every single character. There's like forty something characters in the game, which are like these short vignettes. Mm-hmm. Again, in between some fights, that again kind of explain what they're doing right there, how they fit into the story, and how they interact with the other characters. Very cool. So you can learn why Zangief needs to fight a bear. <laughs> well, and you're like, you know, Rainbow Mika, how she's, you know, like a disciple of Zangief. And, and yeah, you learn a lot, right? <laughs> so it's, it's cool. Sometimes I wonder about that. Like when you watch like the credits for a game and like you see like, you know, like head of story and it's like, so you're the crazy <laughs> one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people don't get it. And you're like, why does a video game have such like a fighting game have such a Street Fighter has a lot of lore to it. It's got yeah. a lot of story game's been going for you know 20 yeah. 30 years Freddy games have been so. getting better at that like uh persona 4 arena had a great story the injustice games had great stories uh, from what i hear the latest mortal Kombat's have pretty good stories like i think the street fighter 5 story is really good it, it yeah. kind of centers around rashid who's one of the newer characters although it kind of like takes him as his journey through learning because he's kind of a newcomer to all of this and he doesn't really know, like, Shadaloo and all these other things that are going on. So you can start to kind of see some of it. Because he's just like this wealthy uh, Middle Eastern guy that loves to technology and loves to fight. And then so you kind of get to see this theater, this stuff kind of blow up through his eyes. And you get to see a lot of characters that even didn't make it into the game, but they make their little parts into the story. And it's pretty cool. So I'm, I'm going to be curious to see where Street Fighter Six goes. Because everything has been keeps, keeps getting wedged in between 2 and 3. I don't know if we can have another between, because <laughs> story-wise it goes zero or alpha one two um, four five three. So if that gives you an idea, I'll, I'll be curious to see how how we get to in six. But if they go after three, it's going to get weird because everybody was a bit quite a bit older in three. So <laughs> whole new cast, there, right. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, all right, Kelsey, what's uh, what's your first game for the uh, Winter Wonderland? So I went really basic, but it's super fun, and I grew up renting this game. I'm a big Bubble Bobble fan, so when I found out Snow Brothers existed, 
we needed to <laughs> rent Snow Brothers, so me and my cousin used to rent this game a lot. And then as I got older and started collecting games, it was one of those like Chase NES games at first. It's like, oh, this game never pops up, and definitely not yeah. for a good price. And I was able to get one locally for like a good price. Mm. Um, and then I got a second one locally, and I had a friend who same thing like grew up just renting this. He's like, I'd love to have this game, and so I surprised him with it one day. We were, we were playing Magic cards, and I was like, got you a copy of Snow Brothers. You give me forty bucks, mm-hmm. and it's yours. And it was like 80 or something at the time, but I got a really good deal on it. So mm-hmm. passed that along to him. And then the same friend used to help out at my store, like just on the Sundays kind of thing, like just come and hang out and I'd give him some credit for, for helping. And we got a Snow Brothers arcade cabinet in there. It was actually a Superman oh. arcade cabinet, but it has Snow Brothers board as well. So we swapped it out to Snow Brothers because that's better than the Superman game, unfortunately. And we just played all the time. And then when it was time to get rid of the store and I wanted to give him a like, big thank you for all the years he'd helped us out, I, I gave him the machine. Oh, so, so he's got cool. the Snow Brothers cab in his like shop at his house. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's just, it's a really good Bubble Bobble clone. Like great co-op, little like single screen arcade style. You know, you got to cover all the enemies in enough snow and then you can actually like knock them into each other if you have the right uh, angles super fun super short pretty easy it's not like a real real quarter muncher like a lot of other arcade stuff from that era so it, it's not bad to actually go through if you ever do see it in arcade it won't cost you too many quarters um yeah just just fun fun co-op um it's decent single player too but like co-ops where it really shines yep that was that was another one of those games that i had no idea was a thing when i got into collecting nes because i got in rather late and once I knew what it was, I remember seeing it at like a play and trade, I think it was for like $100, $120, something like that. And I remember seeing that and like thinking like, mm, that that's more than what that game, you know, is worth right now. And then, you know, like five years later, whatever it was, it's like, man, if only, you know, but like a lot of these things, like if only I, you know, like just spend like a few extra bucks because it, it shot up. Yeah. yeah I never played it. I think because of my area too, because I'm in Northern Canada, it's uh, a lot more common up here. <laughs> Apparently they just shipped all the snow themed <laughs> stuff up here because when I was running my store, like one year, we got like six of them in in one year in a, wow. not a huge population town that I live in. Wow. So right. uh, yeah, I don't know how they all came up here, but they did. <laughs> they, they were all on the, uh, uh, on the dog sleds. Uh, they were just falling off like as the, uh, okay. well, as I, the sleds were. I can see them like putting like the arcades, like at all the like uh, hotels and stuff, I, like as, as a popular kind of people tour. Tour doing mm. tours up here. Um, it, it just fits the Canada theme, I guess. Sure. But as for NES cartridges, like I, I don't know why there were so many of them up here. Yeah. No, yeah, I haven't played that one. I'll have to uh, see if I can check oh, that out. You haven't? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's no, a treat. No, and I lo- love Bubble Bobble. I had a friend growing up in high school. Um, her name is Christina. And, like, our our parents were really good friends. So we would go over to her house. Parents would be upstairs, you know, like coffee, tea, chat, and whatever. And we would be in the basement playing Nintendo. And um, they had a whole bunch of games, but, like, she loved Bubble Bobble. So we would just, like, that was, like, the running joke between us. Like, we wouldn't see each other for, like, two years. It was, like, Bubble Bobble. <laughs> you know, like... So, uh, but yeah, never, never, always bubble bobble, never snow bros. Yeah. If you get a chance, like, I think it'd be a fun one to play with your kids too. Like just it's a blast. Yeah. We, we, yeah, I, I think they would like it for sure. So yeah, very cool. So, all right. That we got through our first. Um, so, uh, back around to me. Um, this is a fairly recent game, uh, in the, in the Microsoft, uh, uh, 
ensemble here. Um, so I went with Gears of War 5. Have either of you guys played Gears of War 5? I've never played any Gears of War, and I didn't know that any of them had winter-themed areas. Or... So as far as I can remember, like unless it's like a quick stop or unless I'm like tragically misremembering, one, two, three, and four do not. <laughs> so uh, Gears of War Five, um, which is the first one uh, with a, a female protagonist, um, who you play as, um, has an uh, there's like there's several major areas. Um, so you go from you know kind of like one like major area to another, and it's kind of this weird mix. Um, it it it's kind of built as like a free roam, and I wouldn't exactly call it free roam because um, basically what happens is like you have like almost like this. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but like you know, like in um, uh, like the Everglades, they have those like those like you know vehicles with like the big fans on the back that you can kind of just like skim totally. across the water, whatever yeah. those are called. So it's almost like that, but like with like a wind sail. So it's like uh, um, you have this thing that like you know like your your whole crew will get on, and you'll kind of like you know like hitch up this like sail to it, and you're just kind of like you know surfing like uh, uh, the snow. Um, but what'll happen is like it's this big huge map. And there might be like three or four main areas, but there's like five miles between them. So like you'll like kind of get on that thing and like you're doing like a Cool Borders SSX, you know, like like snow traversal thing. Um, but since the whole area um, is in the snow, once you kind of get where you're going, you'll you'll be trekking like through snow. And uh, I played on PC, so I don't know how how close the graphics are on the uh, the console version. But a lot of times in snow, you're lucky if you like you get footprints or whatever. Um, so um, the snow is like big and volumetric so like you'll go through it and you're kind of like the snow is like you know plowing like uh, like on either side of your body and you can turn around and you kind of like see like where like all the snow has been disturbed um, you have some cold themed um, uh, uh, enemies um, that uh, uh, that you can freeze like you have like pipes that you can shoot and like the water will like freeze down on the enemies so they really make a good use of the environment, but it's it's just a big, huge, like kind of like a snowfield, like glacier type environment. And I actually thought it was going to be that way for like the entire game, but it's just like uh, one of the one of the first or second like big major areas you're in is this big, big, big snow environment, and then you end up um, going to like this kind of like desert environment. So just like old NES games where you have to have like polar opposite, you know, like uh, uh, type levels. And then you end up kind of like finishing it off in a city, which is where the, the series is most comfortable. Like that destroyed, you know, city, like the standard Unreal Engine uh, kind of look. Like, can we just destroy everything and make everything just the color of dirt? Like, that would be <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, and, and Gears 5, um, if you haven't played, uh, if you've played no Gears games, um, I don't know if it would be the best one to start with, but it was really, really, really good. And just a quick uh, honorable mention, not honorable mention, but a quick shout out to them for absolutely having the best explanation of PC graphic settings of any game I've ever played. Because one thing as a PC guy, you fire up a game, you go into the settings, and there's 90,000 settings that you have to go through, and you might know what like 10 of them mean, and the rest of them you're like... Do I put this up? Do I do it down? How much is it going to affect performance? Like no other game has done what they've done here, where like, y like it'll like when you highlight a setting, it'll give you like three or four like little like screenshot examples of like this is with it on, this is with it off, and it tells you like, uh, like th this is like a roughly like a one percent or like a one to three frame uh, like hit on your performance. 
and it's like, oh, this is amazing. So, and also you can at the top you can just say like, you know, these are the frames I want to go for. This is the quality I want to go for, and it'll kind of like you can like mix and match with sliders. Um, I've never seen another game do this. It was amazing. So, so yeah, going going with Gears Gears Five, lots of snow edition. Cool. All right, Chris, what do you got for us for your number two? Well, this one's going to not probably be too big of a surprise for folks, which the direction I go, but that's all right, because it's still good, and it's not a slippery ice level. So <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, the last of the Dark Souls 2 DLC levels that released. There were three um, that came out for Dark Souls 2, and they... I will say, out of all DLC that was done for Dark Souls, um, these actually had really good gameplay reasons to go do them. They weren't just, like, some story. I mean, there was some story in there, but, like, you, the rewards you got for completing them were actually were, were pretty good. So, if you like playing the game, there was a good reason to go through and, and do these, not just because, oh, it's DLC and I want to go do some stuff. Um, but in the third one, you go to this area called Ilium Lois, and, as imagined, it's a winter level. And so... When you first travel to this, um, to get to Ethereum, they you go through these shrines and they teleport you off to these these other places. And the idea behind each DLC level is there's a crown that you can get, and you get all the crowns, and then you know because they're these kings of these different kingdoms. And uh, there's one in the base game, uh, King Vendrick, but then there's one in each of these other three, and you get them all, and you get like some very special qualities. So anyway. Um, Ilium Loy starts out, and you're in this vast open snow field, and you can either go towards like the big castle area, which is the main thing, or there's uh, this other way you can go, which is all blizzard, and you really have very little visibility, and it's difficult to even figure out which way you're supposed to go, and difficult to see the enemies that are coming at you, but there's just like a special boss fight that's out there. You don't really need to go that way to finish it up, but again, it's like, it's a Dark Souls thing. You want to go beat all the bosses. Anyway, it's over there. And it's very tough. It's a very tough battle. But when you go into the main area, of course, it's this big kind of icy castle. Um, kind of normal stuff. Go through, unlock things as you go. Uh, kind of a neat mechanic that's in there is that some things, some of the enemies are invisible. And so at a certain point, you get this item that lets you see the invisible, according to like an invisible like mini-boss. So the first time you're going through there, you have no idea what's happening. You're getting like totally just destroyed. And you eventually learn, like, I just got to get the heck out of this area. And then when you come back later with this, you can see it's like this giant like snow tiger boss thing that's there. And you come back and kill her. You don't have to. It's like a mini-boss, but it's kind of cool. And then... Um, well, probably about halfway through that, you get to the point where, like, a bonfire stuff where you can go to, like, the last boss of the area. I mean, in terms of, like, level design, fairly early on. But to do that right then, it's really difficult. So what they want you to do, or what you can do to make it easier, which is why I love this boss fight in this area. If you search around the area, what you'll find is these knights, uh, these Ilium Lois knights that are there. And you set them free. And so when you set one of them free, they just kind of teleport out. And so for each one of them that you set free, they join you in this final battle. And <laughs> so here's how the final battle is kind of set up. You go in, and this is the picture I've got for those that can see it, is the Ivory oh, King. Okay. And the Ivory King is, he's tough. He's a pretty powerful boss. Really fun to fight, though. 
And why well, he has all these mirrors that are kind of around the big arena, and enemies will continuously kind of spawn out of these mirrors um, that you have to fight. But of course, if you've brought these uh, knights in with you, it's cool. Like what happens is, is you're going to like the where the boss thing is. It's just this big open hole, and there's these chairs that are around it. And for all the knights that you've freed, they're in these chairs, and they will plummet down into this hole with you to like the boss arena. And then, of course, they help their AI, but they help fight everything off. And what will happen is, after a certain amount, as long as you keep them alive, they will walk into one of the mirrors and, like, freeze it. And so no more enemies can come spawn out of that one. So if you freed them all, eventually, they will freeze all of those mirrors if you can keep them alive. And then you only have the Ivory King that you have to worry about fighting. The other thing that's really cool about this, besides, again, it's just a really fun boss battle. They've done a really good job of it, is um, there's these drops that you get, which is very, this is very not Dark Soulsy, but there's these items, and, like, right by the boss area, there's this other way that you can go, but there's, like, these ice that blocks this big stairway, and you get drops inside of this boss fight, and if you get enough of them, you can start breaking away some of this ice that, that will let you go up because when you first go in there like you can see the person is like way up but you can't talk to them much they can talk to you but you can't reach them but as you do more and more of these items you can break these ice you can eventually get up there and again that's how you, know, you can get some good stuff when you get it all done but what it encourages you to do is to replay this fight over and over with other people because again with Dark Souls you can just let people summon you to help and you can, which is again very not Dark Soulsy for the most part, is you can collect these items when you assist, and that's usually never the case. You don't get items when you're assisting. So again, it, it really encourages a lot of people to participate in this battle, fight it over and over, and it's just man, it's a lot of fun. I just yeah. had so much fun yeah. playing that that fight over and over again. And once you get pretty good at it, you feel like you can do a pretty good job of, of beating up on him, but he's still a a good fight so Ivory yeah. King DLC pretty awesome yeah Did, are there any other DLCs that are built around uh, like a mechanic like that that like have all these different things so this is like kind of the, the outlier in the, in the way they do that that's really cool yeah Dark Souls 2 is very much it's own thing uh, in the group and this is like ridiculously it's own thing and <laughs> I loved it because it just gave me a lot of incentive to just keep playing and have fun with it so it was that's great awesome yeah, it's it's like uh, uh, when you said you know like save these guys and then they'll come and help you. Uh, it's like saving all the little sisters and then they come back at the end and they help you. So uh, I, I like that. I know, it's, That's really cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Very good. All right, Kelsey, what do you got for us? So I went with a small chunk of one of my favorite games of all time, Final Fantasy IX. Uh, okay. Pretty early on, you go through this area called the Ice Caverns, and it's an important area because you kind of get to interact with the mist uh, really heavily, which is an important part of the story in Final Fantasy IX, and it it puts most of your party to sleep except for Zidane, um, who then moves into the next area where you fight the first of the Black Waltzes, which are super cool villains, very important to the story as well. Um, so you have to fight them solo, like by yourself. And it's in this huge open like it's got those like pre-rendered backgrounds and i love those pre-rendered backgrounds they're, they're yeah. just gorgeous <laughs> um but just like a big open cave full of ice and like you could use vive fire magic to like uh 
burn down some pillars and they'll drop to a different area so you can like get that treasure chest walk back across burn it down then go down to this other treasure chest before you move on so it's just really cool uh it's a short area it's just got that important boss fight the interaction with the mist um i think you're only probably in there for like first time maybe 30 minutes like it's not a huge part of the game um, but it's just really it's one of those moments that like stuck with me after i've played it like you know there's five or six spots of that game that really jumped out at me and that was one of them and just happened to be ice theme so i thought it fit really good in here today. <laughs> nice yeah I, I gotta be honest i don't particularly remember uh that spot um uh, nine has not hit me the way it's hit a lot of people like it's my friend courtney's favorite uh, i know it's uh uh one of your favorites if not your favorite um but yeah it's it's not not coming immediately coming back to me that area um chris you played uh you played nine right yeah but i'm kind of like with you i mean i kind of remember like what you're talking about with the fights and stuff but i don't remember that exact sequence but it's been again like ps1 it's like 20 something years since i played like i said too it's it's not a huge part of the game it's just something that's stuck with me i just thought it was gorgeous and the black waltz fight stuck out with me and just having to do it by yourself too it was really neat where the rest of the team got exposed to the mist and they all fell asleep and couldn't desist something tells me at some point i need to go back and do a rerun of nine because it's been a very long time so yeah Uh, let me know if you're gonna do that okay yeah I've, I've 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 talked about doing that and like i've started like i'll go back like it was on game pass and like i fired it up and like i didn't realize that i was like on easy mode because like you can toggle easy mode on that like it's it's a button like you touch a button and all of a sudden all your attacks are 99.99 and like you take no damage yeah, the new so basically just like turns on got, story like, fast mode forwards and rewinds yep. and all sorts of yeah. features make it easier and and honestly it's not even you don't even like go into a menu or something it's like if you just hit like the what whatever the equivalent of the select button is it's like the menu button or whatever on uh, on the Xbox like it just enables like like the you know the god mode or the easy mode so i actually had it on for like a little bit and thinking like i don't know what i did but like everything is really easy right now so um but yeah i i keep saying i'm going to do that and then maybe i got to get on this routine thing that you've been talking about and uh, get closer to it but uh I remember the part that stuck out to me early on there was the um like the play or like the opera like when you're For yeah sure. that that's, that's that a was really, really cool, cool opening like talking about like that Hoth opening that's like one of my favorite openings ever in a game is is yep. the the play at the start of that one Oh, that, that's that's we should do that for uh, another show topic. Uh, cool openings. We'll file that one away. So yeah, cool. So we got Final Fantasy IX uh, Ice Cavern. Um, so uh, all right, so that's uh, number two. So coming back around to me. So Chris isn't going to like it, but it's a slippery level. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I knew you guys would end up with them, so I feel fine with that. Yep. <laughs> so um, so here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if this level is beloved or if people hate it. It, it sticks out to me. Um, we played it a ton. Me, my brother, and my sister, like, you know, there are different segments of it that, like, really, like, I feel like with this game, you kind of like you know like fly through level one fly you know get through all these levels i feel like we got to this level and we spent so much time either because we're bad or you know (laughs) because it actually is hard but the ice level in super mario bros 2 uh us um so uh this is a very slippery level (laughs) ice skating snowball guys right man yeah exactly like those little Uh guys with little feet so like you're on blocks of ice and you're going this way and like if you need to change direction like you were going the same <laughs> speed that you were just going for like a good eight ten seconds while you like slow down to go like turn around and go around the other way so there's that 
there's like the guy there's like the snowbally guys who are going back and forth there's that segment where like the flying dudes are like uh coming like straight yeah. across so you're you're having to jump like up and duck under them and then there's at one point where it's almost reminds me of like the the uh the uh, the level from uh, Lion King, where like you're like on the ostrich and like you're trying to like go up and down and like there's it's like the same kind when, of feeling. When you nail that, when you do the ducks and the yeah. jumps and nothing hits you, it feels so good. Yep, yep. And you're going, you're like, okay, should I be doing this faster, slower? And then like just one time, you you okay, up, down, 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 up, down, down, up, 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 up done. And then like you like you you get to the. Uh, uh, like the next, like I remember, like that first screen. Like we spent so much time on that screen that, like, when we got to the next screen, like, what do we even do now? Like, how do, it's how do we keep this going? But yeah, I remember. Uh, and then like there's like uh, you get to the rocket and like you know like you pull the thing and like you you pop it up to the next area, and I think that same level had um, I forget excuse me what the enemy's called, but like it had like those like dudes. Um, it was almost like a tower that had like a, a like a it was like it would, would be like rolling uh, through, but like it was like four or five enemies high. On it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so those guys like freaked us out because we thought we were like so close to the end, but we're like, oh no, like everything's coming at us now. Um, but yeah, that that first uh, uh, like screen of the first uh, uh, ice level in Mario Two, very very slippery level, but very satisfying uh, to get through that. So that's, what that's, I'm with. that's the second game you've brought up that I just totally blanked on, and I'm like, yeah, like that's <laughs> that was a big one for me too, and just I didn't think of it when I was putting my list together. Yeah, it was the first one I thought of when I, when we were like, oh, like should we do like snow levels? I was like Mario Two. <laughs> the whole build up you're going with, I was sure you were going to say Mario Three. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Which uh, you know could still happen you know it's it's we still got a few more yeah. but yeah going go mario 2 slippy slippy ice ice well that's the good thing about nes right. games is every single one of them has an ice level it seems Man, like so. many ice levels that was a, that was a thing <laughs> they would it's a good thing the uh, esrb uh, wasn't around because they would submit games i'm sorry there's no ice level in here i'm gonna need you to bring this back in a little while so, all right, Chris, uh, number three, what do you got? All right, I'm going to get the other Dark Souls reference out of the way so my last two picks can <laughs> surprise people, okay? So I'm trying to help you out. I'm going to give you some new surprises as we go towards the end. But Dark Souls 3 has an amazing uh, snow wintry level. And so those that have played the you games, said, and I know Kelsey... Level, level or DLC, it, you this said? Is, uh, it's DLC. It is actually DLC okay. in that one. But uh, there's an optional area in the first game so kelsey i think you missed it um it's called the painted world of ariamas and i did i remember like getting teased that it existed but i, I never did find it yes so mm. and so that's this uh world within a painting is and so in the first game again it's wintry Ooh, very mario 64 yeah, there you go and you do you get <laughs> yeah. sucked into the painting but anyway yep <laughs> um in the first game it's just it's a level i mean you kind of learn a little bit but i mean it's it's fairly short, and uh, it's kind of its own thing. But in Dark Souls 3, they take the concept way to a higher degree. So it really encapsulates everything that the DLC in Dark Souls 3 is about, the whole story arc. So you start off with your entrances. Um, you don't know who he is at that point in time, but there's this guy that's in one of the levels, and he's just there, just like, kind of just uh, bemoaning his fate right and so when you talk to him he starts talking to you he's like oh wait a minute you know you're you're like a champion of ash right and 
of course, your character never speaks, but you know, yeah, you get like the yeah, sure. And he's so he holds up like this little scrap of painting, like this rotten little piece of painting, and he's talking about you know, and he goes, oh, just if you could touch it. And so this little tiny piece of painting, of course, your guy touches it and sucks you in, right? That's what it does. And you kind of know if you played the first one. But it's this whole world, and it really, this time around, helps to kind of explain the idea of why these things are existing and why it's a uh, recurring thing in the stories. So you learn that these worlds get painted, and this is kind of a, a place where the forlorn go to get away from this world of fire, which is kind of the recurring story of, of the regular Dark Souls universe. They want this place away from that, and they kind of are generally called like the forlorn. And what you find is this one like he had hold held up like this tiny scrap like he'd been looking forever for someone and all he had left of this painting was this little scrap left of it and what you find out is like yeah this painting has lasted way longer than it should have like the the people that are in there um are like these crow people and they're like kind of like rotting and they talk about rot and this like place that should have been destroyed a long time ago and a lot of the characters there talk about you know they want to be cleansed with fire, right? Like this world needs to be washed away. Um, you know, it's kind of outlived. We're ready to go, right? And so you're like, okay, so you find like this is kind of a normal cycle of these places or whatever. So what you find out though is that there's this character, Sister Freed, that had gotten sucked into the painting a, like a long time ago. And she's like you, but she's hidden from like the main king that's called Father Ariandel, like the leader of these people and she's kind of tricked him and into not seeing the fire and not destroying this painting so it's lasted like way longer than it should have and she's behind all of this so when you come there together you know she doesn't want you to show fire to this guy because then again like the painting will be erased and then this other part where there's a new painting that's being painted and, and again there's a lot to it I won't I won't go forever into it. I would just encourage you, if you like the story, play through it. It's well worth it. It's a neat, kind of sad at times story, uh, but also mm-hmm. kind of it has like this rebirth cycle. Because again, like towards the end, you're you're painting a new. There's a person that's painting a new painting for people to go to. So again, everything in Dark Souls is about cycles, and this is just another piece of that puzzle. So. So you said Arendelle, right? Arendelle. Arendale. Isn't that the same place that Frozen That's takes place Arendale. in? Arendale, yes. Okay. Yeah, close. Uh, it is close, yeah. The first one is the Painted World of Ariamis. That's in the first game, and this is the Painted World of Arendale. And so you can okay. learn like this idea, like there's these central characters of the painting, um, and then people get pulled into it. Anyway, look more into it if you want to, but uh, it was really well done. So, Very cool. So so this is the, the, the one you're talking about, is the Ashes of Arendale yes. uh, add-on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's tied with the other one, which um, because the, like the main character of all the DLC is Gale. He's this guy that you find that's kind of wants you to touch the painting because he's searching for um, the dark soul of man, which is what's needed to make the new painting, basically. Mm. Um, and so that's his search is to basically like again, this old world is rotting away it's time to make the new world and so he's out on his forever search for this outside the painting 
And uh, again, there's a lot that goes into that, but it's pretty cool. Very cool. So Dark Souls 3. So I assume that would be uh, in you know whatever deluxe edition that includes the additional DLC, or um, you know you can get Ashes uh, by itself if you're if you're into Dark Souls, you probably know these things already. Yeah, but, Fire uh, Fades edition has everything in it, and it's not that expensive anymore. So yeah. Cool. Very cool. All right. So that brings us back to uh, Kelsey for number three on your list, bud. So we mentioned Octopath Traveler earlier. And the Frostlands area in Octopath is beautiful. It is just, it's always like kind of perpetually night there. So the the blue and the white from the snow like really contrast with the dark sky. And there's constantly the uh, snow falling while you're in these areas. And they they just really pop with that like 2d hd thing they've got going and there's, there's like a shimmer effect to all the snow so like the whole place just glows while you're walking around there and it's got this really like kind of somber like sad theme and that's where you recruit your cleric and she she's like your your main healer until you can like branch out into other spell casting types later on in the game so super important character just really gorgeous area and the music throughout that whole game is amazing but and they all fit each area like differently but that one it's kind of like the ice caverns to me like it's when i when i think of like that game and like an image pops into my mind like that's one of the first images that pops into my mind is just the going through the frostlands area of octopath traveler is just surreal it's just a really cool environment to to spend time in yeah, that game's been on my radar for so long, and I don't know what it is that's that's held me off from it. It might just be because it's just been sixty dollars, like seemingly sure. this entire time. But I, like with Project Triangle just being revealed, like I'm seeing a lot of people talk about Octopath like negatively. They're like, I didn't like it because of this hmm. and this, and I'm like, where did this come from? But it seems like nobody yeah. seems to like it. But I, it's one of my favorite Switch games. Like if I could only pick three Switch games, that would be one of them. Right. And 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 so and honestly like a lot of times if something's on PC that's where I lean towards playing it. Oh, I forgot I yeah, would, it did come out on PC. I, yeah, it gets on Steam. So I would lean towards playing it on the Switch though. Like I just I, I don't know if it's just the feel or like you know, it it just it just feels like something that like, you know, not like we travel or anything but like that I could just like 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 pull the switch out if throw the headphones do, on. No, either or if you get it on PC or Switch and you play it please play it with headphones like i can't stress yeah. how good the music is in that game like i like i know you're like the the vinyl soundtrack like yeah. guru <laughs> here but like that soundtrack just blows me away it is so yeah. good that's the one thing that I worry about about playing stuff on Switch is is like on when you play anything handheld with like tiny speakers, even if the music's good, like it doesn't like like hit you the same way, right? And I remember like you know growing up, like I mean I I can and not just because I played them a billion times, but like I can hum you music from Final Fantasy seven, eight, ten, you know, like all the like all these games, but like it's it's tougher to to take something handheld, even though like uh, if I were to play Mario Odyssey. Like I can't hum the music right now, but like within like five seconds of hearing it, I'd be like, oh, like I know this song and I could do it. But like, there's something about like uh, playing handheld that I, I know I know what you mean. Like, because when you put those headphones on, it just has that that factor where like you feel like it's uh you know it's kind of like enveloping you like almost. But but yeah, Octopath has it's been on my radar for so long, and uh, hopefully uh, you know what I, it would be great is if um, one of the kids uh, uh, decided that they they took a liking to it and then they could. 
ask me about it and I could ask them about it and we could have like a I'd little say back that's and unlikely. Forth. I thought you were gonna say it'd be great yeah. if they like did a promo with Project Triangle or something, like it's half price yeah. to promote this game or whatever. Or or if like uh, if you if you beat the first several levels then you get a Pokemon Dynamax battle or uh, in sword, do a little crossover, but uh well, I was going to say, yeah. I still need to get back to that one, too. I started a little bit of it and mm. never got through it. So if we want to make it a thing at some point in time, I would. Uh, that might be a good motivation. And uh, yeah. I never play my Switch in Portable, so that's how I get great sound out of it. <laughs> there you go. No, yeah, and, and we talked before about, um, I don't remember if we mentioned on the air or not, but like all three of us would be into um, playing uh, uh, the Mass Effect uh, uh, games once the remastered versions mm-hmm. come out. So we, we talked about maybe doing something like that down the road with the show, but yeah, if uh, if everyone's into Let, doing let's an just Octopath... Keep making a list of all the RPGs we're going to play together. <laughs> we'll totally I'm going to play them. Mass Effect. Yeah. Don't worry. I don't care if you guys don't. In May, I'm playing Mass Effect. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I'm playing. Yeah, that that game's getting played. If you guys would also like to talk about it, <laughs> we could do that as well. So, I got awesome. some romance right, in Octo- the <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, right. You know, do you sell it, Ryan? What on earth are you talking about? <laughs> not unless there's a cheat though. That's wrong. All right, so so Kelsey with uh, Octopath Traveler, the Frostlands. All right, so that's number three. So uh, we're we're over the hump. So we're down to the last two, and then we'll do some honorable mentions if we still have some. So for me, uh, my number four, um, this is probably the lowest hanging fruit um, of of everything on my list. Um, I, I figured he had to be mentioned. Um, the uh, iconic uh, Mortal Kombat uh, fighter uh, that we all know and love. I didn't even think of him either. Sub Zero. <laughs> so uh, I mean, it's it's. You know, it's hard to to picture anyone not knowing who Sub Zero is, but you know, there's younger uh, listeners, there's people who you know are aware of Mortal Kombat, but maybe you know don't know uh, you know the original game when it came out with its uh, what was it seven characters? One, two, three, four, five, six. I think seven, right? Mortal Kombat's still a pretty big thing. That's right. Yeah, but 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 just talking about the history uh, of Sub Zero and. Again, like being involved with Retro World, we were lucky enough to um, get to work with Daniel Piscina, uh, whose brother Carlo, well, who he played the original uh, Sub Zero, then his brother Carlos took over um, in Mortal Kombat 2, uh, and is on the side of the uh, of the arcade cabinet in one of the coolest uh, you know side arts uh, to any arcade cabinet. But yeah, the Sub Zero, um, the uh, uh, mystical undead ninja, uh, many iterations. Uh, the one in the movie I actually thought was really cool. Uh, like that kind of like possessed like white eye you know like uh uh you know hunting for revenge um type deal but but yeah basically sub zero is your classic just blue ice ninja um very very simple in the original mortal kombat could freeze opponents walk up to them you know smack them when they're not looking um uh i i really really liked the um uh when they got into mortal kombat 2 uh freezing the ground for like the slippies uh, which was a little bit silly with like the, uh, 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 you know, like people would kind of like move around on it. Um, I thought it was really interest or sorry, not interesting. I thought it was really um, bold of them to like completely change sub zero in uh, uh, mortal Kombat three. I don't know if I'd <laughs> say just, that like, bold, but sure. 
Oh, it's bold. I mean, I didn't say it's good. Um, it was it was a bold move yeah, uh, to like, hey, too. let's take Not this <laughs> let's let's take this extremely popular ninja character and just make him like a guy with like some like blue like packages, I, like I almost it. like that like <laughs> the the Chewbacca bandolier. Um, like it looks like he's wearing two of those like over his shoulders. Did you ever play Sub Zero Mythologies? No, no, never did. On um, uh, PlayStation One and N sixty four, right? Not not as yeah. bad as you'd think it would be. Okay. Yeah. Is that what it says on the back of the box? <laughs> it should. IGN. Not as bad as you think it should be. Yeah. What What would be here for people watching? What would be the GamePro face uh, review <laughs> of the game? The fun factor. Oh, it'd be like just uh, like a squiggly smile with like spiky hair. Yeah, like a three out of five kind of thing. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, um, I, uh, so yeah, Sub-Zero, I just figured, you know, we're talking about, you know, uh, snow and ice and winter, like, you know, he's one of the characters that, that popped into my head. So, um, again, he's uh, the one uh, when I was a kid that we would always like accuse someone of cheating if they picked him. Like you can't, you can play (laughs) anyone you want except for Sub-Zero because that's a cheater character. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I don't remember saying that for Sub-Zero. I definitely remember that for Eddie Gordo. Uh, in our Tekken days, it was like no Eddie, no Horong. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't remember that for Sub Zero as much. Um, I do remember though um, playing uh, Mortal Kombat a ton on the um, Genesis. Uh, was like mainly what we had it on. Like my and a friend of mine had it on Super Nintendo. And I hope I'm not misremembering this, but I think that in the Genesis version of Mortal Kombat. Scorpion and Sub Zero have the same like pose, like the same battle stance. Like Scorpion, this kind of has his like fist like up behind him, you know, kind of like and he's doing his bounce around, and Sub Zero does also. Um, and I never really thought like much of that, but then like uh, uh, the I think it's the Sega CD version, um, which uh, came out like a, a little bit later. Like, it totally was like, oh, like, this has, like, you know, it's arcade perfect. It has, like, all the correct... And I remember reading somewhere, like, oh, like, Sub-Zero has his actual pose in this version. Like, what do you mean actual pose? So in... uh, So Sub-Zero's pose is not with his fist up like that, like Scorpion. It's kind of, like, across his body, and he's, like, a little bit more, like, mellow like that. And I know it's the stupidest, like, little small thing, but it's one of those things that, like, when you're a kid and, like, you're telling... Dude... Sub Zero's actual pose is in this one. Like it's you gotta get you gotta buy the two hundred dollar Sega C D and this game for fifty dollars again because he has his arm down here down. Dude, I own that Sega C D uh, Mortal Kombat game. I mean Yeah. It's a great great and it's got it's just like the it's so great, like that they wanted CDs to sell that system so badly. The cover art is just a CD. <laughs> <laughs> bigger batter or something like that right yeah, uh, yeah yeah with with the with the mortal Kombat uh dragon on the yeah. cd on the cover of the game it was a big yeah. deal back then super cool uh, so um so so uh if sub-zero um yeah but yeah i don't, I don't remember i'm um, thinking that sub-zero was a cheater character that's interesting because um, you could freeze the guy and that just felt like yeah. something nobody else could do so right you weren't the scorpion allowed to do spear that. was fine is it yeah i don't remember yeah. anyone complaining about that yeah <laughs> yeah this was, was before so I understood cool. what like balancing meant and stuff like that. It was just right. it was like someone who shot fireballs in Street Fighter. That's a cheater character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just all my, I remember in the arcade just over and over again, just fireball, fireball. I'm like, guy, like come on, stop. Let's do other things now. Let's other any other move. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I got I got Sub Zero, the cheater. <laughs> uh, so now we'll move on to uh, Chris. Uh, what slippy level do you have for us uh, for your number four pick? Another non-slippy 
uh, slippy <laughs> example. I'm going to mix this up. Not that my list was in any order to begin with, just because to play off of what yeah, Kelsey had talked about with Octopath Traveler, I'm going to go with um, oh, an area in Bravely Default. And this, it's Ooh. sequel because it used the same map. But um, that is the Kingdom of Eternia. And you might be thinking, that sounds familiar. Yes, it's also from He-Man. He-Man. Um, yeah. But for whatever reason, Eternia must not be trademarked because they used it in this game, too. So Interesting. Or, or they paid that He-Man licensing I'm fee pretty, and it's part of the same universe. Pretty sure they did. It's got <laughs> to be the same universe. Uh, That's what I'm going no, with. No, I'm pretty sure there was no Skeletor. Uh, or or anything else in this one, but it's prequel um, it just doesn't exist yet. The Grand Duchy of Eternia is uh, one of the main areas, and Lynn's one of the major characters of the game. So, um, as you play through, one of the the four main characters that you play as is Adia Lee. She's uh, one of the few that actually makes it through both games. She's a pretty popular character. But Adia Lee is the daughter of Brave Lee, ha <laughs> uh, who is the um, he's the Grand Marshal of Eternia, and so when you start the game off, you think like he's the bad guy because he's kind of like going against you and what you're trying to do. Uh, but I don't want to spoil any of the story because. Things are not what they seem to be. So I'll just say that much. And okay. Eternia is this, again, it was like kind of like the, like you were talking about, because this Arctic area where this kingdom is, and uh, this is where the ice crystal is kept in their temple. And again, it's very beautiful and kind of like what you talk about. It's, it's kind of like this twilight lighting to it, and this just very beautiful snowscape that you wander through and there's like several areas that are kind of attached to it and things that you go to so again you know outside of just the beauty of the level itself and some of that and like the kingdom that you kind of get to go through there's not a lot of else that leverages other than like again there's the ice crystal is kind of a part of their kingdom uh, and the elemental crystals again since this really takes off from the final fantasy original final fantasy lineage that's what i'm saying i mean Basically, if Final Fantasy never left 2D space and just kept going, that's what Bravely series is. So, um, anyway, uh, there's really nothing else out of that. The characters aren't necessarily ice-based or anything else. They're just people that live there. But uh, it's beautiful level, and again, the art's really well done. I'd say the same thing. Like, these same teams... Uh, again, that worked they, on all They probably of had, yeah, some of the artists maybe worked on both of these games. Yeah. Or the, yeah. Wonderful music, uh, great scenery. So, yeah, check out. I've said it a million times. Check out Bravely Default. So, uh, I've sent you the the Bravely Default poster, right? Because I, I had that in my possession for a while. Yes. I want to make sure that that made it to you. Okay. Yep. Because I am literally the worst at getting things for people and then holding them for years and being like, I'll send that out eventually. So I, I, I really want to make sure I kind of clean out my inventory of things I have for people. And every time I walk in like the shipping room, I look up and there's a Bravely Default poster there. And I'm like, I wonder if I sent that to him. Yeah, I think that's, I'm pretty sure I'd have to go back and look at it because I've still got the tube in there that you sent over. But mm. I'm pretty sure that one's in there. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that was, uh, I went to that panel just 
you know, because you've 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 recommended the game forever, and I know you've always really liked it. So um, I remember, uh, you know, it was really cool because I thought they were going to be just speaking their bravely default language, but they really they really geared the the um, the panel discussion for newcomers as well, um, which was great. Um, and uh, they were they were interviewing like one of the the guys from the dev team, and he was you know he's pretty open, he's pretty funny about it, and he was like, yeah, like you know, it's. Uh, it's it's a hard thing to get people to get into who like don't already like know the universe and stuff. He's like because he and he said something. Like his translator said uh, laughed and then had to translate what he said. He's like bravely default. What does that <laughs> even mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool hearing like the dev like say that and then but they just they discussed like you know like the battle stances and like the way that uh, uh, the the combat is and everything. So yeah, n- another one that's uh, been on the radar and I know you're a big fan of that and I'm glad you get to play. Uh, Another Bravely game Very coming up soon. here pretty soon. Yeah. yeah, and I hate that there's there's no special edition on this one, but you have to pre-order from Best Buy to get this like a, a coasters and like a placemat. Mm. And I'm like, this is lame. The other two games had yeah. awesome, beautiful um, special. But did you know editions. that placemats can double as pictures over your mantle uh, <laughs> <laughs> and mouse pads? Was that I think, right? Yeah. yeah. That might have been off air, so that might be it might be a deep cut that uh, people won't get. Um, so I think it was off air. Um, I'll just say real quick. I told these guys a story about we got my dad a mouse pad with pictures of my kids on it, and we gave it to him. Figure, oh, like grandpa will like this, and like we went over to his house, like you know, like a little while later, and he's got the mouse pad like up on the mantle, <laughs> just so they can see the pictures. Like dad, it's not, it's not a picture frame. He's like, yeah, no, I know. I just wanted to see it. <laughs> like yeah, like we'll get you some pictures. Like put your mouse pad back on your desk, buddy. <laughs> so. That was fun, but yeah, play, placemat like like an eating placemat. Yeah, I saw like I like have had my pre-order with Amazon forever, and it comes out in a few days. I keep thinking like, man, I should, guess I should trade switch it to Best Buy so I can get the little tchotchkes. But then I keep thinking like, do I really care about coasters and right. placemat? Maybe I just don't. I, right. I really wanted a, a collector's edition because the other ones were beautiful and had like the CD yep. soundtrack and an art book. And yep. This one, I guess, Nintendo's like, man, whatever. We're just not gonna do it. Yeah. I remember for the the last RPG that I really cared about getting the collector's edition for uh, Kingdom Hearts three. I remember the Kingdom Hearts one um, special edition uh, with like the like on the the like the PlayStation three like remake with like the book and like the art was awesome. Like it was this hardbound book and like there was a drawing of Sora, but there was also like a, like a semi transparent sheet that would go over it that was like a pencil sketch of him. So you could just like go back and forth and see like oh like here's the concept like over like what the final what it was so well thought out. It was the same version they did for Final Fantasy X. Had that special edition with like the book and it was in the slipcover. So they went out to the Kingdom Hearts 2 Collector Edition. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And it was just not the same. It was like the regular, like, you know, plastic CD case in, like, just a, a bigger box that, like, would, had nothing in it. It's like, guys, like, you had the template, you know, like, it was there, like, but they just, you know, they dropped it. So I was also really upset to find out they don't make strategy guides anymore. Because I like, you know, having the guides on the uh, on the shelf for all the games. So Kingdom Hearts One Collector Distance Strategy Guide, Kingdom Hearts Two, I got my Final Fantasy guides, I got my Skyrim guide. So I'm like, all right, Kingdom Hearts Three Strategy Guide. No, they don't do that anymore. Go back to 1987. No, I when think books were made. What was it? I, I think it was limited run games. So I bought up the assets to Prima, Prima and are yeah. going to start okay. making strategy guides again for some of their releases. So. 
for some of them, I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I usually at least sometimes like Best Buy will sometimes do like, oh, order here and you'll get a steel book, right? That you can use. Like not even that, right? right. It's like, yeah, some coasters. Like, yeah, suck, right? <laughs> like, that yeah. sucks. Anyway, yeah, anyway. So, something that like I mean, like something that like by its very nature you will destroy by using it. You know, like a collector <sighs> item. <laughs> I know it's like oh well, it's something I'll just have to put up and never use. Yeah. And yeah, anyway, we'll see. Yeah. I'll probably be it, done with my pre-order. Is like food and drink a very strong element of this game, or is it just a really unrelated <laughs> thing? I mean, a lot of discussions go on inside of like a lot of these games like around meals and tents and these these party of people that travel all over together and things but still i mean like no it's like somebody yeah. just did like oh <laughs> what's something really cheap we could do to get pre-orders yeah. away from amazon what do, we, <laughs> what do we have a whole bunch of that we could stick some art on there's yeah. ninety thousand coasters back here that we could you know something yeah like that. and then i look at like i get like the, the japanese twitter and they're they're getting like all this beautiful stuff over there but of course here's the and i get it i get it this is not going to be a trillion seller on switch it's sure. not uh but still nintendo's well. taking the time to release it i mean come on Anyway, right. Octopath Traveler got a really awesome special edition yeah, I too. Out that's on that one. Nintendo and Square Enix. So. Yeah. It's a shame. That's, but yeah, so hopefully, hopefully the game's good. I'm sure we'll be hearing from you uh, the next time uh, we speak uh, after that's released. So, so Chris with Bravely Default the Eternia area, Grand and that's you said that's in that's in both games, right? Yes. Uh, for and uh, yeah, same most of the same Very characters. Cool. It's Bravely Default Two is kind of like a weird side story piece to the yeah. first one. It's kind of like a pseudo-sequel where you kind of find out, like, what happened after? Um, so it's the same map, mostly the same characters, etc. Okay. Very cool. Alright, Kelsey, you got two left, so what's your, your fourth mention for uh, the Winter Wonderland? So I'm going with the coolest character of the early 90s, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, he never really struck me as as cool as people said until I played Sonic 3 and he dropped down on a snowboard in the ice cap zone and was like just shredding up for a while and then you get this really cool ice age yeah it's a little slippery Chris but it's still fun (laughs) Uh, there's like those big ice chunks you can like land on and they like they like propel you forward up to the next area Um, it's also got one of my favorite songs from any game ever that ice cap zone theme is so good. I was just listening to it before the show started to like get me all in the mood for the topic, and it is such a cool level where it really showcased more, like a different side of Sonic than you see in the first two games. I think. Period. Attitude era. Uh, you know. Absolutely, yeah. It really yeah. encapsulated that, and such a cool opening to the stage. Uh, still one of my favorite stage openings ever. Um, and that that music just keeps the whole stage really fun, and and you get those moments where you're like above ground in the snow, and it's like really bright and sunny, almost like that snow blindness, and then you go underground into like a cave, and it's just really dark and spooky, but you've got that like kind of crystal ice going on that makes it look really neat. Um, just yeah, super fun area, and one of my favorite Sonic levels. Cool. Man, the, the the way that I you know dropped a few that you were like oh like I should have like thought of that like that's the one that like Sweet. when you said that it was like oh man I wasn't even thinking about that that Sonic three that drop in that was so cool right because it's not yeah. the first stage either like you don't assume no. Sonic stages start like that 
or start right. any different than just you standing there ready to run to the right. But yeah, you're like dropping yeah. down. You're like, you're, you're going forward, you're going down. There's like a moment where like you go too fast and the screen loses you and then it catches up yeah. to you. And, like, it's just <laughs> really fun. Does anything scream really 90s cool. more like than attitude heavy Sonic the Hedgehog and snowboarding? <laughs> no, yeah, like, that's perfect. It, perfect level. <laughs> for maybe the like, maybe like in, maybe like inside a Mountain Dew commercial. <laughs> <laughs> if they put like an X and a Z somewhere in the title. <laughs> yeah, but man, I, I remember because um, um, Ice Cap Zone just, with a Z. You could. Yeah, <laughs> just a, a quick uh, Sonic side is um, I played Sonic One like a bit, like a friend had a Genesis, but like Sonic Two was easily the Sonic game that I put like by far the most time into just tons and tons and tons of time and then we found out like uh like the debug menu where you could just like go ham on the game and just like generate like 8000 you know like uh, uh it was almost like a level creator where you could just like put stuff like wherever you want and uh like the sound test and like becoming you know like a supersonic and like we we oh man we we drilled that game into the ground and for like we I was kind of, like, in a phase where, like, I wasn't, like, playing, like, a ton of games when Sonic 3 came out. So I went to a buddy's house, and I was like, oh, Sonic 3, this is kind of cool. I remember playing a little bit, and I was like, man, I was like, maybe maybe I just really miss Sonic. Like, this feels, like, really, really, really good. And then I remember I grabbed an IGN, and Sonic 3 was, like, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. And it was like, oh, it really is that good. And then, like, we really, really got into uh, into Sonic 3. So... Yeah, that's that's a gr- that's a great great one. That uh, that snowboarding attitude era Sonic Three. Nice call. Thank you. Very good. All right. So is it is it number is it back to me? Number one. Back to me. All right. We haven't had any crossover yet either. No. Yeah. I uh, haven't had to do anything yet. So uh, so uh, uh, hey, can both of you do me a favor real quick? Both of you close your eyes. Just both of you close your eyes, and now. And now open your eyes. Hey, you. You're finally awake. So my number one, of course, is Skyrim. <laughs> you knew it was coming. And uh, now I've made memes out of the two of you. So uh, I used to be a podcaster wake- like you. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then I took a, a frozen arrow in the knee. <laughs> It slipped all around that level. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I I tried to not have Skyrim be number one, the obvious number one for me. I couldn't I couldn't get around that. I had some other things I, in there. As someone who's not played Skyrim, I did not know that was even an option. How do you I, and not you keep saying it's Skyrim? obvious. Yeah, open world game just doesn't <sighs> scream out to me to try it. Right. Yeah, and 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 to be honest, like you know, there's been a lot of games that have done like you know, like a lot of different things. Uh, you know, uh, you know, things that like like Skyrim like almost seems like simple when you go back to it, but it's getting back to that point of like comfort food where like sometimes I don't need like 90 billion systems. Like I just like I just want to like it's almost like um like if you just sit in a room and put on a record and just like look up at the ceiling and just listen to that music. Like just getting into Skyrim, like walking out of a building and just like out in the wilderness and you just hear like some birds flying over there. Oh, there's a troll over there and we leave him alone. And you just look at your quest log and it's like you have, you know, a bunch of things in there and you're like, all right, what am I near? Can I go to this barrow? Okay, let me go in this barrow. And you just take your time exploring this barrow 
trying to find what's in it. Like I, I take comfort in like opening up this little cabinet and being like, what is this? It, it doesn't weigh very much. It's worth a little bit. Let me take this, you know, like, and then you find a book who left this here. Let me read a little bit. And maybe you get a quest from that. Like I just take comfort in just doing that, like that basic gameplay loop. They want you to do go do a quest, find some stuff, kill some guys, uh, you know, like level up, uh, uh, you know, you're two-handed, like, you know, you're shielding, you're archery, um, you know, let me go, um, uh, uh, what, what's the word, um, were you, uh, enchant, uh, like, go to the enchantment table, like, you know, feel, like, I just, I, like, I don't ever feel like I'm trying to figure out the systems, I feel like, okay, like, I have a, I have a good enough understanding of how they all work, so when I just get to drop into Skyrim for even, like, 20 minutes, uh, I just it just it feels relaxing. It doesn't feel like oh I only have twenty minutes to play. It feels like I get to take like a nice little trip into Skyrim for twenty minutes. So it's I don't I don't know how to explain it. And other games that are like it, like you know, like Fallout is like Skyrim, you know, generally speaking. But like it doesn't it doesn't have that same feeling. Like I like it it feels it feels dangerous, it feels deadly, it feels like nuclear, it feels like there's politics in it. And even though there are politics in Skyrim, it's very much like um you know, not feudal's not the word. It's very much like, you know, like tribal and like, you know, like this guy and that guy's family, and it's like it, it feels like I could ignore this and it's gonna be okay, or I could get involved, and like I might change the outcome. Whereas like Fallout feels very much like, oh, you're dealing with politicians type deal. Um, but yeah, I mean Skyrim, just that 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 world of ice and snow at the top of the of the map that we've been waiting to get to for a while. Um, I when I saw that little uh, teaser for Elder Scrolls Six, it didn't make me feel upset because I'm like, oh, you know, like it's it's another Elder Scrolls, it's gonna be good. But when they showed it. And it wasn't in like a snowy region. I was a part of me was like, oh, we're not in Skyrim anymore. <laughs> and the cool thing about Skyrim, like, there's definitely areas where you can go where like it's just it's a little bit of snow, like or it's grassy. Like there's some snow here, and then like you get into the mountains, and it's like oh, it's like really snowy here, and there's blizzards and stuff. And then there's like the ultra like northern part of the map where you're like walking out on the frozen ocean to like get to like closer to a barrow to like. You know, find the axe that the guy put there that got the thing. Like, that's another thing that I, I I will never understand how Skyrim and a lot of those games, but it's, but to me Skyrim, how it is as dense as it is. Like how that much, fit, and it's not just like, you know, it's not just rinse and repeat. Like it's not just okay, here's a quest, go there, come back. Like yeah, it's not uh, like, how, like go the, kill five rats, come back with like it's never right. that. Right. There there are times when it's like, you know, go collect, you know, these things as part of a quest, but like at like I can talk to my my father in law about it who like got me really into it. We can talk about like oh like what'd you do? And they say, Oh, like I met this woman and she needed help with her husband and her husband knows this guy who had a plan to make some money, but it turns out that the guy he was working with was a lizard man and like you just go down this like rabbit hole of a story and it's not the main story, but it's interesting. It's it's uh uh just that that's the kind of story stuff that like really gets me. And Kelsey, we talked about it with uh, Cyberpunk where like you've got stuff to do. You've got really important like important stuff to do. But you end up like hanging out with a vending machine because it's so interesting uh, to like have these like little kind of like side stories that Branding. just take you off the track. So yeah, 
so so good. So yeah, um, I, I'm sorry guys. I tried not to be the predictableist, <laughs> but I, I couldn't get Skyrim off that uh, that first spot. So sticking with it. Well, if I thought anyone was gonna have a match with me, it was gonna be you. So I'm actually relieved. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ooh, so that's uh, looking forward to to seeing what yours is gonna be. And uh, so uh, uh, and just yep, go ahead. I was gonna say, you know. I, I pretty much knew Bill was going to have Skyrim on the list, so I mean that was kind of right. a no-brainer to me. But I would say, even going back, Kelsey, I know like open world not your thing. I would never recommend a Fallout game to you because just I just wouldn't. I don't think you'd enjoy any of it. But I think out of any of these, yeah. if you would enjoy Skyrim, is probably your best shot. So I played a bunch of Morrowind. Is it uh, different enough from Morrowind? It's. Like the quest log actually works, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. I think it's just really well done. Uh, it's yeah. not broken and janky like Morrowind was really janky. It's one of those things that's important enough that I feel like I should at least try it just to see what it's about. You can like play the I, Switch version where you can get the Link outfit or whatever, right? So yeah, sure. exactly. The Master Swords in it and the, it's like some Ganon yeah. armor. Or something. After playing. Bayonetta 2 with the weird Link costumes. I don't think I can be Link in any other game that's not a Zelda <laughs> game anymore. It's just too uncomfortable. I can see that. But but yeah yeah for so for sure um uh so just uh, to quickly back, get back to Morrowind um so there is a extremely dedicated Morrowind fan base that like still maintain that it's the best um, of the Elder Scrolls games, but they also will admit that the only way to play it is i forget what they've done but like you know how like there's like that group that like like did like the despecialized edition of star wars and they're like okay like here's like the perfect version so there's this like enormous grouping of uh fixes mods uh you know like bug fixes stuff like that and i forget what it's, it's called it's like morrowind like it's not like enhanced, but it's like Morrowind fixed or like something like that. It's like a it's like a collection of official and unofficial patches like in one package. And there's a very like specific way you have to install it to make sure that like everything works properly. They say like that's what you have to do just to get the game to work <laughs> like the way that it's supposed to work. So it is kind of that broken, but there there is a very vocal uh, fan base of Morrowind, but uh I was I'd never had the patience to go through Morrowind, so I can't say just Oblivion and uh, then Skyrim for me. I played a lot through Morrowind. It's jank city, um, mm. and because you have so much freedom, it can get really weird. I I think if any of the series deserves a real remastering, Morrowind deserves it, and it mm-hmm. deserves to do it and be fixed. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's definitely got its uh, got its uh, little little footnote. It does. There were some really cool <laughs> no. moments in Morrowind. Yeah, um, and there was a lot of jank. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, okay, so my last one again. Mine weren't any any particular order, but I do kind of really like this last one. So that's that's good that it's here. And that okay. is Umaro from Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> so <laughs> um, definitely my favorite Final Fantasy game. Um, I've played this one a lot. I'm sure I've talked about it a lot, if you've listened to this forever. But Umaro was a Sasquatch character that was an optional companion that you could recruit in Final Fantasy VI, and you had to go through some special um, circumstances to get him. Way before I ever played Final Fantasy VI, just from reading, like, I think it was probably GamePro, 
I remember a big section in Game Pro about how to get him, and I thought he was such an important and cool part of that game that when I finally got it, I like made sure I had to recruit him, like because it was like ten years prior I'd read about oh, him, wow. and I like I need to get this character now because he's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a couple um, missable characters in Final Fantasy VI. Um, it was Amaro and Gogo that you could miss out on. Was Shadow missable too? Um, you could he you could let him die in right. the first half. Um, so yeah, you potentially could play the second half without him. But um, Umaro, he he is um, a friend of the Mughals, so they're all there in this area. There's a town called Narsh, and the, there's these mountains and mines that are very snowy. It's very arctic. It's kind of where you start the game, like the very beginning. The Magitek armor is marching through the snow to the background music, which is one of my favorite openings in a game. So, oh man, uh, just that man. Music we gotta do. Plays. We got. We gotta do great openings. Yeah, that that like it kind of had that like uh, that scrolling uh-huh. look. Uh, yeah, just that marching Magitek armor as the credits played out and everything, and that music so that's good. going was amazing. I can't tell you how many times I just fired the game just for that, and then just turn it off, yeah. right? Because it's all I wanted was just that and first I, part. And I. And it wasn't like super effects or anything. No, right? No, it was just mode seven. And it's right. It just they just did an amazing, like, just beautiful job. Oh, the graphics were so probably good. as good as the Super Nintendo got at the time. Mm. But then um, you, that's how you're in this area. You start out in the mines of Narsh, and then you know a lot of the story kicks off from there. And then eventually, I guess you can always come back, right? And so that's where you learn about the Mughals and Mog is there. And then Umaro, you kind of see him in little tiny bits, mm. but you're like, Oh, who is that? And then eventually though, if you go through the story elements the right way, you can recruit him. And, um, the interesting thing, the sad thing is I know there's probably people that haven't played final fantasy six. So I'll have to mention this, but, um, what final fantasy six did different than the earlier games is it took the jobs. And instead of making the jobs configurable with characters, they just made each character a job arc, archetype you know it's so umaro is the berserker of the game and being a berserker you can't control him at all if you put him in your party he's just gonna do whatever the heck he wants to do he can like (laughs) throw people at guys i mean he's just a total wild card and so you could take advantage of that sometimes though because you can give him certain buffs right that uh, you probably wouldn't use on other characters because of what you just you know he's just going to go all out, right? I'm not going to be defending with Umaro. I can't. So he's mm-hmm. he's just going to go nuts. Um, so again, it's not playable, not controllable, but still just a really cool character to throw in. Um, and again, that's why I really liked is the the optional characters in that game are really big wild cards. Um, Umaro mm-hmm. being the berserker who's totally just whatever he wants to do, and then Gogo being the mimic, which is almost broken in the game, but mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. <laughs> But yeah, it's just that area at the beginning, Narsh, Umaro being that Sasquatch character, and the beautiful music and the background and the scenery is just, uh, it's amazing. It's a fantastic game. Awesome. Great. Great, great pick. Big fan. Big fan of that opening. Episode 70. Great openings. (laughs) (laughs) I know what Bill's next topic pick is. (laughs) Yeah, right? Three episodes from now. Spoiler alert. Um, all right, Kelsey, what do you got? So number one on my list is Batman Arkham Origins, Ooh. which is a literal like Christmas themed game. <laughs> um, 
yeah, like I love all the Arkham games. Origins is probably the weakest one, but it's still really, really good. It's got that Christmas Eve theme, so there's like snow always falling down, and it really feels like festive. You know, there's the odd you know string of lights hanging up and stuff that that kind of builds that atmosphere as well. Um, but it's still got some like really cool moments, like the the I know the electrocutioner fight is is like a joke fight but it is like one of my favorite moments in any of the arkham games it is so funny so good um the firefly fight is also very very cool like they they dig into some of the b-list villains but they do really cool things with them and the deathstroke fight i think most people would agree is one of the strongest fights out of any of the games really really cool battle um story-wise too you get it's like kind of like prequel stuff so you get some more Joker, um, you get a different take on him, a different voice actor. I think it was Troy Baker did it in was Origins. It? Okay. Um, so it's not Mark Hamill like all the other ones, but it's still really cool. Um, so yeah, like it's just it's Arkham game, so it's fantastic. Yeah. You get some really cool deep cut Batman stuff. Like I, I like all the regular Batman villains, you know, your Jokers, your Riddlers, your Penguins, but when they dig into like Copperhead and Electrocutioner and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Firefly, like, I, I really like those kind of things to spend time with characters that I don't know as well. So, so yeah, that's my number one. Yeah, so this this is our first area of overlap. This was, like, on and off my list a little bit. Like, it was kind of like uh, dancing in there. Um, not specifically Origins, because um, it's the only one I haven't finished. Um, but uh, um, I had uh, the uh, Victor Freeze um, areas, and especially the Victor Freeze boss fight. That, that's what everyone would agree is the best boss fight in the Arkham games. Yeah, it's right. so good. Where, where, where he, like, learns, and then, like, uh, he's like Psycho Mantis. He's like, yeah. you will not trick me like that again. Yeah, so, yeah, it's like Mr. Freeze, Deathstroke, and then whoever your favorite character is after that. But everyone, I right. think, would agree that those two are, like, the best boss fights. Right, but and but what you said, I, I hadn't thought of uh, when I was thinking about this for my list is when you're just like in the city, and it's just like like winter themed. So time, like, yeah. yeah. So like, and like you have like your cape kind of like fluttering around like always. Like everyone always loves the cape physics in those games, but like I forgot that like snowflakes would like fall on the cape and like kind of like disperse and like fade out and stuff like that. So yeah, like I, I was thinking specifically of uh, of uh, the Victor Freeze fight, but. Uh, yeah, super super solid pick, and we've talked about this before. Um, even though um, you know you've acknowledged that Origins like may not be the strongest of all the games, that it's still definitely worth uh, you know a playthrough and your time. So yeah. I do own it on Steam. Like I'll, I'll probably get back to it at some point. Maybe uh, you know it'd be a good uh, kind of get you back in the mood in the Rocksteady mood. You know before playing uh, one of the upcoming sure. uh, Primer to Gotham Knights or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that that's a really good one. Now, Chris, I can't remember if you have played any of the Arkham's. Nope. No, I have not. No good? Okay. Just, um, I don't know if there's any particular reason behind it, but, I mean, not being a crazy Batman fan, I just, it's like, oh, it's an action sure. game. Okay. It's a really good yeah. action game, though, and I know you I've like heard good things action about it, games, yeah. so, yeah, I think you should try the combat and see how it feels, because it, it's pretty good combat. The only part that kind of made me go no is that I saw somebody playing part of one of them, and there's like this detective part where he's like way up high and looking at a bunch of stuff. I'm like, that seems kind of slow. But again, I've only seen a little there, bit of it. So. Yeah, there's stealth yeah. chunks where you you can like just take everyone down one by one, but you don't have to. You can like go down and just fight them. You just got to make sure you dodge gunfire and stuff if you do it that way. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not against it. You know, I might try them out at some point. Yeah, the first one in particular. 
is almost like a Metroid game where it's like, I got to get this weapon or ability and then I can open up this area, which gives me this new ability so I can go back here. And, and it's, it's like an eight hour, 10 hour game too. Like it's, it's short, compact, really tight package. There's like nothing, no fluff in it. So I yep, recommend yep. that one if you're going to try one. Maybe. Yeah. Ar- yeah. Arkham, As- Arkham Asylum, even though it, it's, uh, it's in the asylum, there are a whole bunch of areas that are, you know, exteriors, external, like, you know, you're, you're, you're outside, stuff like that. But for the most part, it's, it's fairly confined. And then, so the whole deal with Arkham City was, you know, like just being able to, you know, go like any, like it was really was kind of like the explosion of the open world uh, that happened there. And as much as Arkham Knight got like a bit of a bad rap when it came out because there were like, you know, performance issues on PC especially, and like there were, you know, like there's like these, like, there's like these car vehicle, like tank combat segments that like some people were like, this kind of like feels like weird and out of place. I absolutely adored um, uh, so uh, Arkham Knight. Yeah. yeah, so I mean all the games really. So, but yeah, and uh, um, I'm actually I'm pretty sure you can double check me on this um, that the Arkham, the collection of like Arkham um, Asylum and Arkham City is on Game Pass or EA Play, which is now part of Game Pass. I, I can't remember, but but yeah, if if it's worth uh you know worth uh, firing up just to kind of like get your feet wet, highly recommend it. Okay, cool. Cool. So that gets us through uh, our five, and that was a that was a good call on Chris's part <laughs> to uh, keep us on five. Yeah, you bet you're glad we didn't originally go to we 10. were going to have like twenty things each. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so let me just uh, real quick, um, I'll I'll just bang right through my honorable mentions, and I'll let you guys do the same thing. Um, so uh, uh, and the, some of these almost made the list. Um, so uh, uh, first one I'll mention is Final Fantasy VII. Um, there's that point in the game where you're up, uh, like, you know, towards the, the, the northern snowboarding pole part. and, um, uh, you're, you know, everything's, you know, like kind of like frozen at, like where you're like kind of like releasing like those big, like, you know, Titan characters and like Sephiroth is up there. And there's even that segment where like, you're like lost in the blizzard and you have to like run like, uh, uh like the, I the, remember the right that way. At all. Oh Yeah. There's like this whole segment where it's almost like the Lost Woods, like where like, like you're running, it's like you know just clouds, like you know like polygonal model, just like running and like you know you get turned around, um, and then there, there's again there's a snowboarding segment where you know they drop you down and the, you get to do that there. Because it's the '90s, so I copying Sonic's homework. Yeah, right. I I remember being stuck in this area like you know so long and like feeling like the snow area is really dragging out and it really actually kind of like drained the energy out of me and I almost wondered if that was intentional because when you finally get out of that area and you escape there where you end up getting you know like dropped after that is like like this like tropical like sunny you know like it's almost like they're like okay okay like let's you know let's do the opposite and get you out there so but yeah, so I wanted to mention that that big uh, you know snowy icy area in Final Fantasy VII it was very effective. Um, Got to mention Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Europa, the new destination. Uh, it's a ice icy planet, uh, pro- maybe the largest uh, new uh, uh, region they've added in a long, long time. Um, and the first time they've done weather effects where you can just be out in the in uh, the open and a blizzard comes in, you kind of. You don't have to take shelter because you'll take damage. You just have to take shelter because, like, you can't see anything and you'll just get killed out there in the blizzard. Um, and also the new um, subclasses uh, are, are darkness-based. They're called stasis, but you're, you, you're wielding the darkness, which is the opposite of the light, which you've been wielding in the, in the series up to this point. And those are all kind of like... Uh, uh, they're not specifically called ice, but, like, you, you freeze enemies with them, so you're, you are kind of using ice. Um, I wanted to mention Darksiders 1. 
Um, there's like the ice, uh, ice area in Darksiders one is really, really good. There's like, uh, that, uh, you know, one of the, uh, uh, what do you call them? Like, not like, like the castles, like one of like the, you know, the, the boss, uh, you know, like area levels in Darksiders one was really good. Um, this one's kind of a silly one, but we loved this NES game growing up. Uh, winter games. It's probably not on anyone's, uh, you know, top 10 like, or top 50 I, I list. I really like world games by epics. Winter Games yep. is kind of bad, though. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I, I'm sure it's not, like, going to make anyone's, like, you know, like I said, like, top 10, top 20, top 100, but we had this game, and it was, like, one, like kind of what Chris said earlier, it was one of those cases of, like, we had it, so we played it, because it's what we yep. had, right? So I remember firing it up, and just, like, national anthems, like, <laughs> and then, you know, you would choose Canada, and it would do, you know, like, all the different anthems, and it was really, really, you know, janky and segmented and disjointed, but, like, you would do, like, figure skating, and it was just, like, 2D, and, like, the person would just, like, skate on their own, and then they would kind of, like, get ready to do a jump. And you're like, what do we even do? And, like, so, like, we had to figure out, like, we'll press these buttons would be, like, an axle or a Lutz or whatever. Um, so, like, every event was, like, this, like, kind of smorgasbord of, like, how do we even do this? But, like, we played it because we had it. And, like, we somehow, like, it got this, like, weird janky charm after a while that we're, Isn't like, one of okay. the events, like, a snowball fight, too? Uh, not that I'm recalling. Uh, maybe or or maybe what, was else. it, was it, like, there might have been, like, like, there was, like, a... Uh, maybe, maybe I'm mixing it up with track and field where there's like a skeet shooting where it was like snowballs uh, throwing up and like you were shooting them. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to go back. But yeah, like the um, they're curling. The, uh, the, <laughs> I don't, I don't no, remember. The, the, I don't think so. Yeah, the, the figure skating is the one that sticks out the most. So let, let me keep going through quick. Um, you're talking about snow. Contra One, Snowfield. Sure, that's a cool stage. That's on my honorable Sol- mentions solid, as well. Great music, great music. Solid level. Um, I already mentioned the back Batman uh, Arkham games, the Victor Freeze uh, uh, fight in particular. Um, Got to mention every NHL game ever for the amount of ice <laughs> uh, that they use. <laughs> <laughs> Mutant League hockey. <laughs> um, and uh, the last one I'll throw in here and I'll let you guys go is uh, uh, SSX Tricky. Um, I remember when SSX came out on the PlayStation 2, um, it was it was a... Uh, I remember it being like a big deal. Like I worked at Funko Land at the time and like everyone who worked there was like really excited to play SSX and um I played it I thought it was cool but I didn't have a PlayStation so I didn't play it for a couple of years when it came out on Xbox as SSX Tricky uh which I played a ton of you know big fireworks go off when you do your tricks and everything I remember David what's his name uh uh the actor who, who voiced uh, the dude with the fro um uh It'll come to me, um, but uh, he's, uh, uh, oh man, it's going to bug me now. It's uh, Monica's brother David in real Arquette. life. David Arquette. David Arquette, there you go. I kept wanting to say David Duchovny, I'm like, no, that's not, it's just another David. I always think of him um, as the crazy guy in uh, Ravenous. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Ravenous is a phenomenal movie, uh, like, ab- absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. The John Spencer and um, uh, the guy, the principal from uh, Ferris Bueller, sure. really, 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 really good in that movie. Um, all right, so now that's that's the topic for the next uh, uh, next time. Um, so um, let's go to Chris. Uh, what else do you have on your honorable mentions? Well, I I didn't fill 
too much. I put a few things on here. Um, I did have the Contra Snowfield, you know, just like you, because uh, the game is cool, and it's just like that music, like really good, really good music. Yeah, now everybody's got that in their head. Now you have to go listen. to Oh yeah, appreciate it. The other couple, of, I mean, I couldn't load my level, my stuff down too much with Dark Souls, uh, but Dark Souls 1 does have that level. Kelsey will know this one where you're going. It's really most, more like crystals, but you're going to fight one of the big major bosses, and you're in this area with mostly crystals, but there are these invisible bridges that you have to walk across, but there's these uh, snowflakes that, that yeah. are falling, <laughs> and you have to watch where the snowflakes hit and where they don't, so you know where it's safe t- to step on these invisible projects. So it's really yeah. very that, cool. It's pretty it's like last very pretty crusade, level. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's really neat. So um that that's a pretty cool level. Um, hard to navigate though. I remember falling a lot. <laughs> once you know it, you know it, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um I I get I I knew I said I have no slippy levels. That was for my five, right? So uh, I had to throw yep. like now it's safe. I can throw slippy levels in. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say Kid Icarus, right? Kid Icarus has the ice world, okay. which is mandatory. Yeah. Have to have an ice world that's in there. The trickier thing about I think the Kid Icarus ice levels is if you remember in Kid Icarus, if you push down, you you will fall through the platform. Right, so trying to stop yourself sometimes you you might accidentally yeah. push Oops. that yeah. and like drop <laughs> yeah. down through. So you have to be kind of really careful about what you're doing there. And uh, Kid Icarus is probably not known for super tight controls anyway, so uh, it that really makes it pretty challenging. Um, and outside of that, you know, when we were talking about this stuff, I I I'm shocked. I'm gonna toss it now back over to Kelsey, but if I don't hear some Iceman or Chill Penguin coming up, I'm going to be pretty hurt. So, Nope. Why, really? Not on my list. Nope. There's no <laughs> Mega Man on your list. Nope. Nope. Not, no Blizzard Man, no Chill Penguin, nothing. You gotta be kidding. And that's, and that's, and that's funny, because the, the, the joke in the thread was like, how many times am I allowed to mention... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then I have to hear it. Uh, I don't. Maybe I need to hear why they didn't make any at least an honorable mention. But uh, you're up. Um. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't. They just don't. They're not my favorite Mega Man stages because of the I slippery like the stuff, right? No, no, no. Because I like <laughs> slippery stages. Uh, my first honorable mention is stage six from Super Mario Bros. Three, which is all slippery <laughs> stages, and it's my favorite nice. area of Mario Three. Okay. Um, I love the music on the overworld map. It is really, really cool. And when you're in the levels, the the slipperiness, and I found this with a lot of games at the time, and most people don't like them because, you know, you try and stop and you're skidding and you're not accurate. But I liked that those stages forced me to just barrel through as quick as I could without stopping because mm-hmm. then you didn't have to worry about that. You just you figured out where to jump and when to jump, and as soon as you landed, you jumped again because you had more control in the air than on the ground. So those are the kind of the first stages that, that kind of learn what sorry. I was just gonna say, or you'd learn that if you jumped when you landed, you weren't skidding anymore, so you would just hop everywhere. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so that those are the kind of the first stages that got me to like not, not speed run things, but use some of those techniques, and they made the stages a lot of fun because you got really good at going through them quickly, and it looked impressive. So that's why I like slippery stages because um, they make you a better player. 
Do they though? <laughs> um, it was it was also cool in there that you could shoot the fireballs at the ice blocks and they would melt them and then you could get the coins out of them. Okay. Love that. All right. Yeah. All that right. was cool. Yeah. Um, Mario sixty four or sorry Mario Kart sixty four uh, the Frappy Snowland and Sherbert Land two of my favorite tracks in any Mario Karts. Um, I always used to pick those because my friends hated them and I liked them, so I'd always get a guaranteed first. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. Um, Slalom on the NES. Slalom? Is, it's like my favorite black box game. I like it so much. It's really fun. Cool music. Is it your fa- cool. favorite rare game? Yeah, it's rare. Um, that guy's like butt cheeks remind me of that episode <laughs> of The Simpsons where Flanders is yes. in his uh, stupid sexy Flanders in his uh, ski suit. <laughs> um, 1080 snowboarding. We put a ton of time into when I was a kid. Like, I remember sharing my friend's cart back and forth, like, because we'd try and beat each other's time trials on the same cartridge. So I'd have it for a week, and I'd beat all his yeah. scores, give it to him. He'd beat all my scores, and we just kept going back and forth forever. Super so fun. similar, similar to SSX. That was one that like was very popular, like in the spaces around me, but that I never, ever, ever played it. Same thing with Cool Borders. A lot of people like around me were playing cool borders, and I was like, "Yeah, like I'm good. Like I, you know, I'm From, all set." I've played a little bit of them all now. I think SSX is probably the better. What you got, like the good one, <laughs> like mm-hmm. 1080 is fine, mm-hmm. but SSX is mm-hmm. much, much more interesting. Gotcha. Um, Freeze Easy Peak from Banjo Kazooie is one of my favorite snow stages. Um, it's got like some Christmas theme and polar bears and you know snowman and stuff. It's just just fun and it's got a really awesome. Uh, the whole game's got really awesome music, but that's one of my favorite tracks in that game too. Uh, the Himalayas from Ducktales. Oh, great one! Yeah, I should have said stage. that one. Everything about especially, that game, especially great, with Playcast but, yeah. uh, working on that. That stage is just yeah. really really fun. Good one. Um, you you brought up winter games. I actually have world games on my list because there's a barrel <laughs> jump where you like speed skate and then jump over a bunch of barrels, and that's the only part that's even remotely like snow themed or ice themed. <laughs> we played a ton of that when we were kids because we had it. My grandma had yeah. it, so whenever we'd visit her, that was like one of her like four games she owned. So we'd play a lot mm-hmm. of world games, and we tried to barrel jump as many barrels as we could because you can you can select how many, and I think. We learned at some point that the maximum we could do without like a special controller or something was like eighteen barrels, but it was like, yeah. so hard to do. It was like one in a hundred chance we'd get it. Right, super fun. Um, I have an ice or a hockey game on my list, Bill. I put Ooh. hit the ice. That's what. I'm, okay, it's yeah, a cool little arcade like NBA Jam style uh, hockey game. It's really fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, fire and ice for the NES. Love the puzzles. Uh, Puzzle, yeah, yeah that's right. it's, it's only half ice themed but so that's why i put it in the honorable mentions but really good game and i think it's on the switch online like very recently i think they just added that one. oh cool like the like the yep yep yeah um so when i was thinking of ice based characters i forgot about all the obvious ones that you guys mentioned like sub-zero uh kula from king of fighters i i'm a big fan of um she can like make all sorts of ice stuff but one of the the coolest things is she makes like skates appear out of her feet and then she can skate around and like kick the guy with a blade and stuff and i like it really fun uh mitsuru from persona 3 uh she's your your bufu master she's got all your your, your ice moves your what? there your what master <laughs> bufu is ice in shin Megami tensei games <laughs> so that's the name of the spell yeah. so she's your yeah. right. so it's bufu and if you want to do bufu against multiple creatures it's mabufu 
And then if you want the stronger <laughs> one, it's Bufula. So if you want multiple characters, it's Mabufula. <laughs> and so on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Can, can, I, can I get that with a soda? Or... <laughs> um, and for some reason, the from Diablo 2, playing a sorceress with like an ice build stuck out in my mind because that orb that's like shooting like little icicles out of it, it's like the coolest spell I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> Um, so I put that on my honorable mentions. Um, have you guys ever played Cursed Mountain on the Wii? No, you've talked about it before, but I've never played it. So it's a survival horror game where you're like a Himalayan mountain climber. It's just really unique, interesting setting. It's not an amazing game. I don't suggest everyone run out and buy it, but I did play through it and, and enjoyed it just because it was so different, just climbing a mountain, and it felt so alone because the actual setting it's not like you're in silent hill and like you're like why is this town deserted like you kind of get why you're by yourself and there's these weird tibetan spirits like attacking you while you're climbing up the mountain now that you mentioned that i almost uh, maybe i should have mentioned too like uh resident evil code veronica because you have that that's a good one yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know why i didn't think of that i didn't either (laughs) there's Um, a lot yeah there's a lot in there uh the original harvest moon on the super nintendo uh, when you get to the winter months, those are my favorite parts of the game because you had less chores around the uh, farm, and you could just go to town and romance the women that you wanted to romance, buy them gifts and stuff. Super fun. And my very some, last do one. Do some bufu with the townsfolk. Ma bufula. Hybrid Heaven on the NES is my last uh, honorable mention it is a, another christmas themed game where it all takes place on christmas eve and you're trying to like overthrow this weird government experiment that's making mutants by doing wrestling moves to them and then once you get out you can kiss your girlfriend by the christmas tree because you made it out like in just a minute before christmas eve ended you mean nintendo 64 i right? won that hybrid heaven yeah what did i say NES. something different yeah. NES, yeah. Definitely 64, not NES. Yeah, let's okay. go. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, it, it's got a really cool combat system where it's all like turn-based wrestling. Hybrid Heaven is a weird <laughs> game, yes. <coughs> Interesting, yeah. So, so Kelsey, as you were talking through those, uh, there's uh, two things I wanted to mention. Uh, one of them is when you s- were talking about those Mario Kart 64 courses, uh, you originally like uh, mistakenly said Mario 64. I thought you were going to go with the uh, like the slide uh, you know, like like in the ice <laughs> oh, level yeah. when like you're racing, like the is it the penguin nope, or whatever? Hate that slide. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> or the level where you can just so, throw uh, the penguin, baby penguin, off the side of the world. Yeah, so yeah, that, exactly. Like, and I then like here's a your lot star. of things about Mario 64. That level's not one of my favorite moments of that game. Yep. You know, and and then oh, I was just gonna say uh, we got that collection for the Switch. I thought my kids would enjoy 64 mm. quite a bit. Yeah, it's a little rough for them to go back to. <laughs> so, that, and 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 that's that's the reason why I've kind of held off. Like, as much as I love Galaxy, it's like the only reason I'm buying. I would buy that's that. The one like, they that play. That's the one I want to play. That's the one they yeah. play. They don't really play. They play a little, little Sunshine, sixty four, and they're mm. kind of late started. They're like, eee. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention, Kel, is when uh, we've obviously talking about snow and ice, we've mentioned just the word blizzard a whole lot on this call. Uh, we I, we haven't mentioned this yet. It, it didn't get mentioned in our early uh, bits or news or anything like that. Uh, how excited are you for Diablo Two Resurrected? 
I haven't watched the trailer yet, but I think it's a good idea. I just don't trust Activision to do it well. Like I've, mm. I loved Blizzard growing up. Like mm. the, I'm more interested in the other stuff they announced, like the Rock and Roll Racing remake. They added a Judas Priest song to that game now, so I'm like, do I need to buy it again? They're I think remaking I might. Rock and Roll Racing. It's out. Like it's already out. What they, they put? They put a little uh, what is it? Digital clips. They they did remasters of Rock and Roll Racing, Lost Vikings, and Blackthorn as a collection. So good. What a random assortment of stuff to redo. Yeah. And, and 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 everyone too, like everyone's got like an arcade, like Capcom arcade collection was a thing, and now it's like Blizzard arcade collection is a thing. <laughs> so it, it almost seems like uh, uh, somebody was like, all right, everyone, the thing right now is arcade collections. Release an arcade sure collection, is. like right now. Can, but yeah, like, I grew up last year. like tons of Lost Vikings, tons of uh, Rock and Roll Racing, uh, the original Warcrafts before they went MMO, Starcraft, like. I grew up loving that company, and I haven't liked anything they've put out in like over a decade now. I just don't have faith in them to even remaster things at this point. So is this, that's, is that's that, why I'm really happy Digital Clips worked on these other games. That that makes me more excited. So is it still mm-hmm. like Rock and Roll Racing? Like still bad MIDI riffs of of all these rock songs? Is it still like that? I looked up some clips, and I think they have that version still like intact. But they also have you can put the literal actual tracks of the the like real songs with lyrics and everything i was gonna say that must have been well so now. expensive for them to do because there's a yeah, lot like, of songs in that game there's not a lot there's like four or five still though it had, couldn't be cheap yeah. to do rock and roll racing i mean nobody was asking for that yeah. nobody was but i don't know how expensive is it to license george thorogood these days does anyone care about him i was like thinking- black sabbath's the only band out of there that i think people uh, still care for yeah, isn't Highway Star on there too? Yeah, and I don't think Deep Purple's like in hot demand these days. Uh, <laughs> interesting. I don't think they That's, were in the nineties either. I did, not, I did not know. I did not know. Yeah, but yeah, I think they've added new tracks to it too. And, and I heard one of them's "Breaking the Law" by Jesus Priest. So I've kind of tempted to get this game that I already own uh, again, just for the one song. Oh, I want to hear the really bad MIDI port yes. of "Breaking the Law." exactly <laughs> all right so uh so we got through our honorable mentions um i think that just about wraps it up so uh thank you guys very much for joining me again we have uh, all three of us which is uh, great so next episode is 70 so i'm not sure do we know who's uh what, what our topic is or we'll announce that soon oh, we'll figure that out later yeah all right that's 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 coming soon so uh, we do. So again, just a quick reminder for the Patreons: we've got the uh, the Batman Book Club. So uh, jump in if you like. Um, we're, we should be uh, uh, starting uh, in the next uh, day or two, probably uh, getting started with the uh, the uh, Batman: The Vengeance of Bane. So with the uh, Nightfall collection. Always and, uh, happy to have more people in the Discord. Want to come chat gaming yeah, drop, or anything else? Drop a buck. Yeah right get into the discord come yeah. chat with us i mean you want to give us more that's awesome some of our patrons have which i'm ridiculously thankful for but you know just toss in a dollar get in here chat with us let's have some fun talk batman with these guys so i don't have to <laughs> yep <laughs> but, but yeah but we we really appreciate it it's been really cool uh some of the uh, uh some of the chats been going on yeah. already so uh, hopefully keep that going a little bit it's patreon.com slash collector cast yep and you can find the show at uh, collectorcast.com 
rfgeneration.com, the forum where most of us hang out. Uh, we're on Twitter, uh, at CollectorCast. Uh, Chris runs that. My Twitter account is at Bill McGee, B-I-L-M-C-G-E-E. Uh, Kelsey, I want to shoot out your uh, Twitter account and let us know if you're doing anything, uh, any review writing lately. At Kelsey Polnick, K-E-L-S-Y-P-O-L-N-I-K. Um, I put in a request to get a code for the new Ghosts and Goblins game, but it's still waiting to hear back, so we'll see if that pans out. Other than that, just playing NES games and talking about it for the most part. There you go. Awesome. Uh, any, anything I'm forgetting, or uh, think that, that wraps it up? Oh, I think that's pretty good. I, I, again, I'll just say I've been blown away by the Patreon support, and I, I kind of worried that we'd be out there and nobody would, would want to yeah. join. <laughs> yeah. It was like three days in a row where I was like super excited. I'm like, there's someone new. I know. you. Every time you send a message, I'm like, really? <laughs> Yeah. yeah really once once uh, once once all the uh, the vaccines are out and the demic comes down a little bit, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a collector con at some point with all the uh, all these uh, new uh, new fans we got. Coming we'll be out. we'll be somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna be hitting some cons when it's safe. Yeah, that's that's gonna it's gonna be like a, like a celebration <laughs> when it finally gets back to. <laughs> we are so ready. I m- might be. Yeah, might might be cosplaying as a character with a gas mask, but we'll we'll figure that out later. <laughs> all right. Well, again, thanks for everyone for joining us, and we will see you all next time.